When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Ladies and gentlemen, thrilled to have you here. <clears throat> thrilled to have you here for this epic debate. This is going to be a lot of fun, folks, as we get into this controversial issue. And want to let you know, at Modern Day Debate, we try to host debates on politics, science, and religion. The most controversial topics oftentimes while doing it in hopefully the most nonpartisan and fair way possible. So, no matter what walk of life you're from, we hope you feel welcome here and we're very excited. If you enjoy debates, consider hitting that subscribe button as we have a lot more debates coming up. For example, you'll see at the bottom right of your screen, tonight Tom Jump and Ask Yourself will be sparring off. So that should be a lot of fun. Also want to let you know, we have just launched our podcast. So in addition to the YouTube channel, the channel will remain, but we are also now on some of your favorite apps for podcasts. So check it out, rate us. We are very excited about that move. And also... Want to let you know, our speakers are linked in the description, so that way if you are listening and you're like, hmm, I like that, I want to hear more, you can hear more. That's why I put those links in the description just for you. We have a fairly flexible format. Before I get to that, though, I want to let you know about the men behind those links. And so just to see exactly what they've been up to, we're excited to have both of these guys here. So we'll start with Sargon going left to right. So Sargon, excited to hear what you've been up to at your channel, any passion projects that you've just started, anything like that, if you'd be willing to share. Uh, nothing that I can share at the moment, just producing regular content about the current decline of the West. You bet, absolutely. And Brenton, excited to have you as well. And if you want to share about what you've been up to, any new passion projects, topics that you've been delving into, love to hear. Sure. Yeah, so my name is Brenton Lengel. Uh, I am a writer and uh, comic author and playwright. Um, was active, uh, had seven plays produced in uh, New York City, was very active in the Occupy Wall Street movement, and uh, most recently my comic book Snow White Zombie Apocalypse. Uh, the Kickstart the successful Kickstarter for it has funded the creation of the second issue, uh, and we are done with the second issue now. It's just being edited, uh, and then it will be printed and sent out, uh, and we're going to move on to the third, which I'm really excited about, so thank you to everybody who supported it. It's a great story, and I'm having a blast telling it. Uh, yeah, my channel is the main thing that I've been working on now between the comics and a novel that I'm doing in collaboration with a rock band. Um, and uh, I suppose the, the other thing is, is that I've also started a series on my channel where I read poems. Uh, either my own or some poems that mean stuff to me. Uh, I've got one called uh, The Mad Farmer Liberation Front, uh, which is by one of my favorite poets, Wendell Berry. So I'm experimenting with that series and seeing if people like it. And if they do, I'm going to do more. So, you know, that, that's what I'm up to. 
You bet. Well, thank you. It's a joy to have both of you here. For the format, folks, it's going to be a 10 to 12 at most opening statement, maybe even less than that, from each speaker. We'll be starting with the affirmative, so Brenton will be going first, and we'll have Sargon, and then we'll go into open conversation. That'll be about an hour, and then we'll go into Q&A. So if you have any questions, feel free. Fire them into the old live chat. And from there, I will try to get every question into the list. If you tag me with at Modern Day Debate, it's easier for me to see every question. And then Super Chat is, of course, an option, in which case you can not only ask a question, but if you want to make a comment toward the speakers, they would, of course, get a chance to respond to that comment, and it'll push your question or comment to the top of the list for the Q&A. So with that, we are very excited to get the ball rolling here. Brenton, the floor is all yours for your opening. The topic tonight should trans women compete in women's sports is a topic that is surprisingly close to me. For though I am not trans myself, I am someone for whom most of his life, the world has tried to place into one box or another. And always these are boxes that I simply do not fit. As such, I have an innate compassionate reaction when I see others try to force complicated human beings to lie down on the proverbial bed of procrustes. Running in artistic circles, I tend to rub shoulders with trans folk more frequently than your average American or Brit. And whenever I do, I am frequently struck by the quiet courage, resilience, and dignity displayed by these individuals. But more so, I am also a lifelong athlete. Growing up from ages seven to 18, I was a competitive swimmer, participating in summer, winter, and high school leagues in which I frequently set records, won more blue ribbons and trophies and plaques than I could count, and competed in zones. I was captain of my high school swim team, and after aging out, I became a coach for four years, founding and managing a team of nearly 200 athletes, several of which went on to have similar careers and even won college scholarships. I'm also an Appalachian Trail 2000 miler, which means I have traversed 2,200 miles of American wilderness from Maine to Georgia. I did this entirely on foot, carrying everything that I owned on my back, and I am a Shodan, a first-degree black belt in Kyokushin Karate, a uniquely brutal style of full-contact martial arts which forms the basis of many famous kickboxers and MMA fighters, including Guy Metzger, Bas Rudin, George St. Pierre, and also, and I think this is particularly cool, Ivan Drago himself, Dolph Lundgren. He's a Sandan, by the way. I have scored a knockout in international competition and competed in a 15-man and completed a 15-man kumite, which is 15 concurrent full-contact fights undertaken without rest or water. So it is safe to say that sports, athletics, and competitions are things that I both know and care quite a bit about, and that is why I am so excited and enthusiastic to have this dialogue. Trans women have likely been competing with cis women for as long as women's sports have existed. They've been competing openly since the mid-1970s and officially distinguished themselves at the highest levels of collegiate, professional, and Olympic competition since 2004. Yet even now, 16 years later, with a multitude of scientific studies reaffirming the International Olympic Committee's decision to permit them to compete, there are a number of, shall we say, busybody culture warriors who seem to have an issue with them being allowed to compete in a way that honors them, their competitors, and the sport. Now, under no circumstances do I mean to paint with a broad brush. Public opinion is always far behind the scientific consensus on any given issue, and we as a society have been raised to treat transgendered individuals with varying levels of suspicion, disgust, and even outright hatred and fear. Trans women, in particular, in particular, have been vilified as both comical and untrustworthy by our movies and media for as long as movies have existed. And I remember in particular growing up in the 80s and 90s and seeing films like Ace Ventura and Silence of the Lambs, neither of which have aged particularly well, to say the least. So if we are one of, so if you're one of those people who simply feels a certain level of instinctual discomfort with the idea that, of men competing against women, know that there is a reason you are having that reaction. 
you have been primed to feel that way through no fault of your own. It doesn't mean you're Cracker Von Patriarch. It just means you have something to learn. And the fact is, all of us do. To paraphrase Herodotus, call no man fully educated until he is dead. Because you, I, we, will continue to, be, to learn and change and grow every second until the end of our lives. And that's how it should be. Concern about creating an unfair competitive advantage is one of the most uh, often cited reasons for resistance to the participation of transgendered athletes and is most often cited in discussions about competing on women's teams. Some people are concerned that allowing transgender women to compete on these teams will take away opportunities from women or that transgender women will have a competitive advantage. These concerns are usually based in three assumptions. One, that transgender women are not real women and therefore not deserving of an equal competitive opportunity. Two, that being born with a male body automatically gives a transgendered woman an unfair advantage when competing against non-transgendered women. And three, that men might be tempted to pretend to be transgender in order to compete with women and win an easy victory. While understandable, none of these assumptions are well-founded. In the matter of the first, the scientific consensus is overwhelmingly clear on this issue. By every objective measure and regardless of, uh, and regardless of determinations of their sexual expression, trans women are women. This is because sex and gender are distinct concepts. To quote Nature Journal, the most prestigious scientific publication in the Western world, quote, sex is a classification based on internal and external bodily characteristics, and gender is a social construct related to biological differences, but also rooted in culture, societal norms, and individual behavior. Whatever the cause, organizations such as the American Academy of Pediatrics advised physicians to treat people according to their preferred gender, regardless of appearance or genetics. The research and medical community now sees sex as more complex than male and female, and gender as a spectrum that includes transgender people and those who identify as neither male nor female. So to be clear, sex and gender are different things, and woman is a term relating to gender and not sex. Thus, scientifically, objectively, trans women are real women and should be treated as thus and are deserving of an equal competitive opportunity. Second, being born with a male body does not automatically give a transgendered woman an unfair advantage when competing, particularly not one who has undergone hormone replacement therapy for the requisite two years. To quote a systemic review of the data published in the New Zealand Journal of Sports Medicine, in conclusion, there is no direct or consistent research suggesting transgendered individuals have an athletic advantage at any stage of their transition, and therefore competitive sports policies that place restrictions on transgendered people need to be considered and potentially revised. Now, that may sound shocking to many of you who may, might not know much about sports and endocrinology. But the fact is, is that this is not at all surprising if you're familiar with what hormone replacement therapy does to a person and have a solid understanding of sports and the philosophy of competition. HRT, which blocks testosterone and increases estrogen in trans women, leads to a marked decrease in muscle mass and increase in weight and saps your body's ability to carry oxygen from the heart and lungs to your muscles, literally limiting your ability to engage in cardiovascular activity is referred to as your VO2 levels. So when transitioning, a trans woman loses much of her muscular advantage, puts on weight, and loses the ability to fuel her muscles with oxygen to the degree her previous body could. As an example to prepare for this debate, I interviewed a competitive boulderer, a rock climber who prior to her transition ran marathons. Now I've run a marathon. It is one of the single most difficult and grueling experiences you can ever put your body through. Prior to her transition, her VO2 max was in the top 5%. And keep in mind, while elite female runners and similar athletes have a higher VO2 level than most men, men tend to, on average, have a 20% higher 
level of VO2 than women. After her transition, her VO2 levels plummeted, putting her on par with the average female athlete. She went from running a 5K in 25 minutes to nearly doubling her time to 45 minutes. I might as well have been power walking, she told me. Once you're blocking testosterone and taking estrogen, you have to work twice as hard to be half as good. She got injured more easily, took longer to heal, and has been forced to rely almost entirely upon technique. Worst of all, her power ratio plummeted. As her weight increased and muscle volume decreased, she lost a great deal of explosive power and now struggles to manage more than 10 consecutive push-ups where before she could easily do 30 without difficulty. So to say it again, there is no direct or consistent research suggesting transgendered individuals have an athletic advantage at any stage of their transition. And if they did, surely we would see a near total domination of women's sports in the Olympics and similar events by trans women over the last 16 years. This has not happened, and so assumption number two is disproven. Finally, we have assumption number three, the idea that men will take advantage of these rules and pretend to be women to score an easy win. This is idiotic. One of the high schools I attended was in a small town. Now, I'm not that old, but I remember very well one of the other boys at my lunch table would frequently and loudly remark that if he were president, he'd round up all the gay people in the country, put them on an island, and blow them all to hell with a tactical nuclear strike. How do you think he would have reacted if I came in one day wearing a dress and telling everyone I was a woman, uh, I was a woman? How many cis men would risk the kind of abuse that trans women go through just to win a few medals or set a record? The data bears this out. To quote the NCAA's transgender handbook, in the entire 40-year history of sex verification procedures in international sports competitions, no instances of such fraud have ever been revealed. Instead, rather than identifying men who are trying to fraudulently compete as women, sex verification tests have been misused to humiliate and unfairly exclude women with intersex conditions. The apparent failure of sex tests to serve their stated purpose of deterring fraud and the de terrible damage they have caused to individual women athletes should be taken into account when developing policies for the inclusion of transgender athletes. This argument is so incredibly stupid that I genuinely have trouble believing anyone advances it in good faith. Even if we, there were such a man who would do this, I can pretty much guarantee you that he would not win, specifically because the sort of man who would use those tactics does not have the heart of a champion. It almost reminds me of the South Park episode where Eric Cartman pretends to be disabled so he can compete in the Special Olympics, thinking that simply because he's able-bodied, he will beat all of these uh, trained athletes. And of course, Eric loses every event and looks like an idiot. So there you have it. The three objections addressed and three objections disproven, beyond the shadow of a doubt. But just in case you're still not convinced that the playing field is level, I'm going to take this one step further. Because from a philosophy of sports perspective, none of this actually matters. We are missing the forest for the trees. The fact is, is that a truly level playing field is impossible. And if sports were just about bringing your own inborn advantages to bear in a perfectly controlled environment, literally no one would care about sports. The reason sports are so compelling is they bring together so many aspects of human existence and heighten them to a degree where we as the audience watch and wonder, how? How did they do that? How can the human body even perform such a task? It defies imagination. Sports are about the perfect storm of ability, will, and circumstance, combining to leave us and the competitors spellbound to seemingly transcend the limits of humanity. The rules are there to facilitate this process, to deliver that experience to make the impossible possible. The Olympic motto is Sidious, Altius, Fortius, roughly, faster, higher, stronger, as in push the envelope, go beyond. 
No one cares that Michael Phelps's body literally does not produce as much lactic acid as everyone else, that his muscles simply do not get tired like a mere mortal. They don't complain that his relatively short legs give him an extra kick or his comparatively long, double-jointed arms reach further and pull more water than any of us could. No one wants to put him in a league of his own because of his larger hands or the fact that his torso is more hydrodynamic than any other person's. He's not a freak because of his inescapable inborn advantages that put him a head and shoulders above any and all competition. No, we watch Michael Phelps do what he was put on this earth to do, and we are captivated. We honor him, and he honors us and his competitors and the sport. He does a minute left and his singular uniqueness, and that is exactly the attitude we need to take towards trans folk and especially trans women in sports. Thank you. Thank you very much, Brenton. And we will kick it over to Sargon now for his opening statement. The floor is all yours, Sargon. Uh, right, thank you. Um, well, I don't think that uh, trans women should be able to compete in biologically uh, female sports, which is what we categorize as women's sports. Um, there, there are some just basic facts for this that um, are not very controversial as I was researching for this. Uh, the differences between men and women physically are staggering. Uh, men have got higher lean muscle mass. They've got higher bone density. They've got narrower hips. They've got 56% greater lung volume, larger hearts, higher red blood cell counts. They've got um, skeletal ma muscle mass distribution that gives men just the structure and the distribution of the way, the, know, the way it's all worked done, gives them a 40% upper body and 33% lower body strength advantage. I mean, these, these, are, these are really staggering differences. And I mean, it, it goes really deep into the actual um, sort of ingrained, the, the very nature of what we are. Like, you know, to the very the, the ligaments, men's ligaments can store 22% more energy than women's and have got like a 14% stronger uh, or less stress failures um, and things like this. And it, it, and it really is like men perceive motion better than women up to 75% faster in their perception of motion. And of course they're taller and they're bigger and they've got bigger skeletons and all of these things add up to insurmountable advantages. I mean, the, the physical differences between men and women are just, they're so staggering that the women's world record for the hundred meters is 10.49 seconds. And the men's qualifying for to be an Olympic competitor is 10.16. There is not one woman on earth who can get into the men's Olympic competition. It's that big a difference. And you see this hilariously in women's football, actually. Uh, the difference is, is most pronounced when they're told to fight, teenage, uh, to fight, to play teenage boys. I mean, in 2016, the Australian national women's soccer team lost 7-0 to the under-15 boys team. In 2017, the USA World Cup champions were beaten 5-2 by Dallas Academy's under-15s team. And these were the ones complaining about equal pay, by the way. We should be giving equal pay to the male team. It's like, okay, but you're not as good. Um, and in 2018, Man U's women team got thrashed 9-0 by like a Salford youth team. And then you get into the consequences of allowing trans, uh, trans women to compete in women's sports. And contrary to what has been stated, there are many examples of male, uh, genetically male people who have entered into women's sports and totally dominated them. Uh, the first one I think that's most interesting is Rene Richards, who transitioned in 1975, a tennis player, 
but didn't turn pro until 41, which is really interesting because the average age of retirement in tennis is 27. And uh, she said in an interview that she believed that if she'd started in her 20s, no genetic woman in the world would have been able to come close to me. It's really interesting, isn't it? And uh, Rachel McKinnon uh, is another, another interesting case. Uh, she transitioned at 37 in 2012. And then in 2018, she broke the world record for women's 200 meter cycling sprint. And then the next day won the women's cycling ch uh, championship. And the third player, you know, one of the competitors was just like, well, she obviously has advantages. And the, note the age, though, right? Uh, the, I'm 40 years old now, and I'm telling you, I know I'm slowing down. And so for, for these uh, ladies to be smashing world records kind of makes you wonder, doesn't it? But it gets, it gets um, more ridiculous, in fact, when you get, um, like, they're just, and not necessarily Olympic sports, but just women's sports in general. Uh, there's Gabrielle Ludwig, who's a six foot eight Desert Storm veteran, who, because she transitioned at 50 in 2012, got to play on women's college basketball teams and was described by the coach as the most dangerous player in the state. And I don't know whether you've ever played Blood Bowl, but it kind of looked like the starting lineup of that with a bunch of five foot six women and then this six foot eight, 200 plus pound Desert Storm veteran standing there. It looked ridiculous. There's no, and that's that, that is at least a ba basketball is not a particularly contact sport. I mean, there is contact, obviously, but um, you get Hannah Mouncey, who's a handball player, and there's a lot of contact in this. And she's six to well over 200 pounds, 30 years old, and staggeringly big. Just I wouldn't I wouldn't fight that person. And I'm I'm not a weak guy, but man, she looks terrifying and it's it's sad to watch. It's embarrassing for Hannah Mounty as well. I mean, if you if you gave a damn about fair competition, you would look at the at the at the size differences between these people and say that this just isn't fair. You know, no matter what it is, it's not fair. And the the people who are taking advantage of their biological size and this technicality in the rules should feel ashamed of themselves because what they are doing, and I, I've got lots of other examples, but I don't want to waste everyone's time giving you examples of, oh, broke world records in the women's 100 meter and 200 meter dash, world powerlifting records, you know, all of these, like there are loads of examples of these records that are being held by women. And that's why there are loads of women who are actually objecting. You've got, in 2019, there's a particular spate of them. Um, one of them, uh, Martina Navarantalova, I can't pronounce the name, 18-time tennis Grand Slam winner, said it was insane and cheating to allow male-female trans to compete against biological females because of the inherent physical advantages of the men they have, which they do. Uh, she was branded transphobic and under a lot of pressure was forced to apologize. Then you had Sharon Davies, a Commonwealth Games gold medalist, uh, that uh, said every single woman athlete I've spoken to, and I've spoken to many, all my friends in international sports, understand and feel the same way as me and she was of course branded transphobic <laughs> then you had uh, paula radcliffe saying that uh, the financial incentive would be there and a federal lawsuit was filed in 2020 by a group of female students and their parents against uh, two trans uh, not not against the two transgender people who were competing in a connecticut uh, sp uh, school sport i think they're 17 years old but um what, what happened, in fact, these, these in fact, um, this was Terry Miller, who in 2018 broke world records in 100 and 200 meter dash in the CIAC state open track and field competition. And the second place uh, was another male to female transgender called Andrea Yearwood. 
and the lawsuit is about blocking them from being able to compete in the female uh, races because and as, as they say mentally and physically we know the outcome before of the race before it even starts that biological unfairness doesn't go away because of some what someone believes about gender identity now i think that these facts are well the evidence these are aspects of reality that we can see that we can understand and so saying that um there's no direct or consistent research to show that it does that's fine we can look at merely the consequences we can see the results the results are that men despite they, and they do lose a percentage of muscle mass and uh, other other advantages but there are some advantages that are inherent things like the skeleton the heart size the lung size things like this and decades of being male testosterone leaves like you know muscle memory and things like this again i'm no expert on these things but this is what uh, apparently the experts are saying and this can't just be undone and we don't even know that the, a lot of these people uh, even if they have been transitioning for more than two years some of them haven't i mean one of them had been doing it for less than 11 months when she was winning women's powerlifting so to say and a lot of them are doing it quite late in life after having no particular achievement in the male category category so um i think that it's it's not clear cut to just say that this is one or the other and that this doesn't happen and that the the opposition is so stupid uh, as to not really care about women actually being in women's sports because really this does all come down to definitions and fundamentally i just don't agree that trans women are women because i think the definition of woman is adult human female and I don't think that a person who was born male is a female. I think I'll end my statement there. You bet. Thanks very much, Sargon. And with that, we'll kick it into the open discussion. So floor is all yours, gentlemen. All right. Uh, so thank you for that, Sargon. Um, so I was a little surprised by the opening, uh, but by the opening arguments, um, largely because you've already been confronted by rationality rules on the fallacy of nut picking, and that was what you were doing. You were picking out a couple of wins uh, from trans women and saying that because trans women won, therefore trans women will always win, and it's not fair, which is simply not the case. Well, um, can I can I just stop you on that before you move sure. on from that point? Because that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that trans women will always win because they are physically more advantaged by having been male. And that is the case. Okay, but the science com says the complete opposite no, of it what doesn't. you're talking about. Yeah, yeah no, it, it absolutely does. Uh, well, then, like, for instance, you met, we can sec, disagree one on the One sec, one sec. Mm -hmm. Just but I don't because agree. Otherwise, so sorry to interrupt, guys. Uh, Brenton, it's it's a little bit different from before when we started. I think that your volume, it's, it's a little bit high. If you're able to... Oh, to turn down my volume? Even... Even sometimes spacing away from the mic just a little bit might help alleviate the difference. How's this? That's perfect. Thanks so much. Okay. Yeah. So first off, like the, the science is clear on this. Now you talk, for instance, about um, having a larger heart or larger lungs. Hmm. So again, we, as I mentioned in my opening statement, their VO2 levels drop. It doesn't matter how large their heart or their lungs is if the blood cannot carry the oxygen to the muscles. It completely negates that advantage. Um, it obviously doesn't. Well, this, again, this is proven. It does. No, it's their, not. Their, you their said VO2 there's no direct or consistent research that proves that that's not the case, and you are simply assuming no, that that I is said the case. There's, no, I said there's no direct or consistent research that proves they have an advantage. 
They don't yeah. have an advantage. So you can't prove a negative. No, we, 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 yes, you were assuming the negative because we have. Because li- that's how the burden of proof listen, works. <laughs> can I finish my sentence? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Go. So what I'm saying to you is that you were assuming, because we haven't proven that there is an advantage, that there is no advantage. But that doesn't, that's not, that doesn't follow. It just means we haven't proven it yet. I still think that there is an advantage. And I think the evidence of this is the fact that women are being demolished by transgender women in sports. But they're not being demolished by transgender women in sports. What's happening is, is that a few trans women are winning and that becomes big news. Nobody reports when a trans woman loses or gets second or third place because there's not a lot of money in that. No, they don't. Not not to the the aspect that the culture warriors do. I, I don't care what culture warriors say. There are reports of trans women not winning. I mean, let me. Um, yeah, but it doesn't make the nightly news. No one's filing uh, lawsuits when a trans woman comes in second or third. So, they, that's the problem, isn't it? They so keep it creates a false. So it creates a they, false idea in your mind that no. trans women are blowing cis women out of the water, and it's just not we, happening. We know they are because they're winning medals. They are yeah, setting a few are winning records. medals. And so are cis women. But they they're, they're setting records that can't be set by cis women they're setting records that haven't been set by cis women yet because that's how records work because when somebody they can't be set that's if they, a ridiculous if they could, they'd have been done so first off we got to talk about how the burden of proof works so i know with how the regard- burden of proof works okay so you know for instance that if you say there is an invisible teapot orbiting saturn i don't have to prove that there's no invisible teapot orbiting Saturn, you have to prove that there is an invisible teapot orbiting Saturn. So obviously the burden of proof is on you to prove that trans women have an innate advantage. And you, yes, I have, they do have an innate advantage. How, how how have you proven that? By the fact that they're larger, stronger, they run faster. They've got faster reflexes. So larger doesn't always matter. Like depending upon the sport, take for instance, yeah, yeah. So take for instance, volleyball. Um, on average, volleyball players have gotten taller and taller in each team as you know history and as we've recorded such a thing is going on. Um, on top of that, trans women tend to be taller than uh, cis women volleyball players. Now, here's the yes, other thing. because men are bigger yeah, than and women. And guess what? Out of all of the uh, Olympic wins in, in women's volleyball, the tallest team has only won once since we started tracking it. The, um, the tallest okay. team almost never wins. So again, this is a very simplistic way of looking at things. Height can be an well, advantage hang on, in hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Don't just gallop off, right? That's in volleyball, and maybe that is the case in volleyball, but that doesn't negate the other advantages that men have. Focusing right, on the but height again, doesn't do, change do you anything. Do want to do a special league one, for Michael Phelps? One sec. I do, just, to, get, just to give Sargon plenty of time to respond to those points. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm not interested in reforming athletics. Okay, I'm just saying, in my opinion, I don't think that people who are born male should be able to compete with women because it is obviously and manifestly unfair. Okay, but you don't have any data to back that up. Yes, I do. The fact that trans women are winning all of these awards, they're smashing all of these records. Women couldn't. They do get this. a couple of awards and a couple of records. No, and loads. people get into a kerfluffle about there are now it because lo- they get uncomfortable about with it. it. No. Yeah, of course, because they're uncomfortable. And there's a couple oh, of sorry. people just... who are bad losers. Well, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't agree. I think that, ironically, right, it's it's actually um, from an understanding that women are not the same as men that I'm, and, and a concern for women that I'm actually approaching this. Because, I mean, because I'm not... you're very concerned with women, what with Gamergate and your hatred of feminism. <laughs> yes, I am. Yeah, yeah, very concerned. 
Um, I, I, I'm, I'm worried. Uh, I'm, I'm worried about what the intersectional left will end up doing to women, and that, that is actually uh, one of the things I think. It's amazing that a lot of defenders of women are now saying, "No, it's okay if biological men." take over your sports i mean i can really see there what. is no such thing as a biological man now what you mean to say <laughs> no, a biological is a bio male sorry. what you yes. yeah. yeah what you mean to say is a biological um, male. yes 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 i i understand your pedantry um but biology, very male important. people are not female definitionally i mean yeah but also the line between male and female is arbitrary to begin with it's created by scientists so that we can de make determinations about like an aid in breeding and identification and all that kind of thing no, the fact is is that humans are sorry bimodal species and biologically we exist along a spectrum with male and female as uh, ideals on either end no I, one is 100% male I, or 100% female i don't female. want to get too caught up in the debate on whether or not fair enough that's off topic well I, i'm afraid it's going to have to come down to that because that's the problem that we're having here right the 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 phrases male and female the gender roles of man and woman were not created by scientists they're just observed by scientists because these are the innate biological properties of human beings mankind has, has known about these since the dawn of time they are the prerequisites to us forming families and having children and reproducing for the next generations okay so that's actually not correct and in fact like you you <laughs> it took a while for humans like to even understand that sex makes babies like the, it's I the same thing it. oh yeah no 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 absolutely um Prove and in it. fact when we started to have these <laughs> ideas if you look at the anthropological record um yeah. it happened when uh we domesticated animals and what happened would be that they would notice that certain animals would breed with other animals within their livestock and the babies would look similar. So what they How did is they said- How do you know that? How do you know that's what- I read it in an anthropological humans... paper uh, from the Smithsonian Institute. You, you can't possibly know that because they left yes, no writings. They're, right, but they don't have to leave writings for there to be a fossil record. Um, yeah, but the fossil record doesn't tell you what they knew. Yeah, and also, wait, and hang on for a second. They and, definitely uh, did uh, leave writings now that I think about it, because that would have happened after the domestication. So we started take, taking the domestication of animals took place like fifty thousand years ago. Yeah, but and we started making records uh, around five to six thousand years ago. Yeah, so, so there's forty-five thousand years of time that we can't account for. for yeah, but also there's not. Uh, but also they're not passing down their knowledge through anything other than oral tradition. And we know, sure. of course, that knowledge is passed on through oral tradition because we have the Iliad and the Odyssey, yeah. which were created before the advent of writing. Anyway, the, the point well, is, no, no, is no, no, that you're no, taking a on, lot of no, things. This is important because you're totally flat wrong on this. Like ancient no, Neolithic humans, you absolutely are. They 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 absolutely knew that having sex produced babies. And how do you know that? Because every human knows that. Okay, it's a part so of being human. It's a part but they of the didn't have experience. writing to write it down and tell you that sex makes babies on I a know, thing, but, right? But I'm not the one suggesting that Neolithic humans had no idea how. And again, what you're doing is, I'm assuming a negative. The burden of proof is again on you. I think it's just a fair assumption to say that if modern humans know that reproduction happens because we go through it, and this has been the case for human beings back into time immemorial, there's no reason to think that they didn't know that as well. No, the the fact is is we that we might want to transition, yeah, just because. All right. It's I'm okay Seriously. with us going on different topics I, I, as long I, as I we kind we of direct stay... it, kind of tie it back to the help well, the audience. I, I just to don't see. think you should make unsubstantiated claims like ancient people. It is didn't substantiated. Know that, like I said, this is that reproduction produced babies. 
This is known to anthropologists. Again, no, we get these ideas about how things work as we move forward. I mean, for the longest time, people believed in, uh, what was it, like uh, spontaneous, spontaneous generation, where uh, they would have like a big silo of grain, and then suddenly they put the grain in there, and then in the over the winter, they'd come in, they'd open it up in the spring, there'd be a bunch of mice. People thought, yeah. oh no, the grain turned into mice. Yeah, they so, used to think again, the fish you're thinking, spontaneously generated in the water, too. Yeah, exactly. So fish again, you're making... Yeah. So, so again, you're making an assumption based upon your knowledge as a modern human that this knowledge was possessed by ancient humans, which is simply not the case. There have never been any humans that didn't know that it was reproduction that produced babies. Well, let's and just how to, do you know just that? Just to see. Because and this is something every human has gone through it. Every okay, so, human so, so, one sec, one sec, one sec, one sec. That Brent, they have such direct just, experience on. We might want to, if we just explain to the audience like how this ties back to the the central issue. I'm okay with continuing okay, okay. on this. I'm so, happy to do that. Yeah, no, let me try. So this this all ties back because really this all comes from a, a a position of critical theory where they think that any form of definition is a form of oppression, it's a form of exclusion, and therefore all of these categories need to be split apart, and that's just not going to work. Okay. Women have a particular definition, and as you said, there it is rooted in biological differences, and so there is no point trying to take someone of the opposite gender, biology, sex, say, and try and allow them to also be in the same category it's just they're incompatible categories okay th this <laughs> you do not want to bark up this tree because remember you're talking yes, to I a do. writer that's exactly where i want to go i, I, I literally to go like the there is nothing there is nothing that i know better than words and language and communication so yeah, to begin first off all definitions are arbitrary because language is symbolic so there is no such thing as a fixed definition. You can change a definition for a word. It is, literally, language only exists and words only exist because they have utility. So there is no such thing as a fixed definition. Second of all, there is no such thing as a fixed definition for woman or man or anything else. A good example of this actually is um, what recently happened to uh, uh, Glinner. Uh, uh, I wrote Black Books. Yeah, Graham Lynham, who I felt bad because I actually loved his early work with Black Books. I thought it was genius. Um, but uh, what he wound up doing was he, he said, uh, somebody asked him, can you give a definition of a chair? that excludes it only includes chairs and excludes all things that are not chairs and he said absolutely it's a it's a seat usually for one person consisting with uh, four legs and of course and this is really great because it's a shot back to di to diogenes someone came in with a picture of a horse and said look a chair the fact is is that all definitions and all words that we use, we essentially use to talk around something in reality. Nothing exactly perfectly depicts what is in objective reality. And so the concepts of male and female and also the concepts of man and woman, again, have been created because they have utility to humans. They have immense utility, but also they don't work 100% of the time because again, they are created by us, we are flawed and everything within this reality is flawed and everything contains within itself its own uh, negation. Now you talk about critical theory. No, let's not, I've let's spent stop a lot there. No, 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 we're, we're, not, we're not done on this subject. Okay. Um, right, so what you've proposed essentially is I think what we could term as Bertrand Russell's atomic theory of language. Uh, the problem with the atomic theory of language is that you need to now find logical and semantical justification from within an isolated sentence for what you've said. And as you've said, these, uh, these are not things that are in some way objective, right? A word has the meaning into which we yeah. infuse. Um, I don't subscribe to this theory. And honestly, I think by the end of his life, Bertrand Russell didn't either. And honestly, I'm not going to be rude, but you're, you ain't the guy to solve it either. 
Um, I think we should subscribe to Dummett's holistic view of language, where we just base our meaning based on the rest of the language that we understand. So we take all of the language as a giant sort of ball of interwebbed, interconnected words that have meanings that are reliant on other words' meanings. Mm -hmm. You are absolutely right that language, sentences, for example, um, a fact is a sentence that's constructed to represent linguistically, so we understand, a part of reality that we can see. That's correct. Now, the reason that I don't accept that the definition of woman, for example, in this case, is, adult, is anything other than adult human female is because of the necessary conjunction it has with the mating process itself, right? This is a part, a deep part of the human condition. It's what people, almost every song is about love. It's all about wooing one another. And the reason that we have man and woman is because of the utility that they bring us. This utility is essential if we want to carry on as a species. What we are, what are contained within Wait. the words man and woman Sorry. Hang on, hang on. It's essential, like you wouldn't know who you could mate with and who you might not want to mate with if it wasn't man and woman. Like you would run around and like if you didn't have the word man and you didn't have the word woman, you might like go fuck a guy. We will create something like man or woman to facilitate uh, right, but that's, you know, again, it's not words that drive someone to reproduce or mate. Like, sexual uh, attraction is, is is innate. You can't, like, sure. get around that by playing with language. So I, I don't see sure. what this has to do with anything. I don't see what it has well, the, to do with Okay, well, let me explain sports. to you. Right? The, the, the difference is that men and women have different interests because of their biological differences. Uh, they're very, very different. I mean, women have to deal with the fact that men are, frankly, almost any man is able to pummel the crap out of almost any woman. I mean, not true. Truth. I mean, that's absolutely true. No, I, I, I gotta tell you. So no, my, no, you, my dojo, you, you, for you instance. provide me an yeah. example of a woman who can beat up any man. That's fine. But on average, almost any woman, when she goes on a date with a man, is going to find herself the physical inferior of that man. Okay, so why now, why do you suddenly understand this now I, when you didn't I, understand I, it before? I'm not, I'm not finished explaining. Okay. okay. So the, 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 the reason that we have these gender roles is primarily for women's protection in that way. We make sure that men understand that women are actually something we have to make room for. Because I do agree with the feminists, that the, the TERFs, shall we say, that unchecked and rampant masculinity can indeed be very oppressive towards women. We can see this in the Middle East. Almost all of Islam is basically focused around making sure the man never has to take responsibility for his masculinity. Religion in general does that. Uh, I agree, but let's, let's not go off on the topic. But we can see the results if we don't do this. And so it, it is important uh, for women to, for us to have social rules that are commonly understood that we, that you know every single person has. And this, uh, this just facilitates courtship. It just makes it a lot easier. The woman knows what she is expected of her. The man knows what's expected of him. Uh, the man has an understood set of interests and the woman has an understood set of interests. So for this example, is a fallacious example, appeal to consequence. I, I'm, not, I'm not even finished. Shut okay. up, right? For example, the man wants um, exclusive access to the woman for reproductive rights and the woman wants to make sure that she's going to have resources once she has reproduced. So this, the, to say that man and woman don't have utility because we connect the definition of them to the biological reality of male and female is nonsense in my opinion. I said they do, it does have utility. I just said yes. it doesn't always have utility in every situation. It doesn't have to. Yeah, but it, this is the thing. We need to figure out a way to expand the definition and to make uh, the proper uh, accommodations when it doesn't work, you know? Why? Why? Because yeah. it promotes a more harmonious, successful society for all of us. I'm not seeing a lot of harmony, but 
because of all this. Well, yeah, yeah but you're not For seeing less harmony. Than 1% because... of the population, we are tearing apart the genders. You the get ability, the, what, the military is less than one percent of the population. The military is like 0.7, 0. 0.8% of the population. Look how much we do for the military. So, yes. so the, the do size doesn't that the military here. is is something that we artificially create for a specific reason. Well, yeah, but we also artificially create sports for a specific reason. <laughs> yes, we do for the same reason as the military, really. But what? that's not the same thing. Whoa, whoa, whoa. As... What do you mean with the same reason as the military? What are you talking about? This is fascinating. Let's go into this. No, because that's going off topic. How? Okay, but okay. Do you do you think that we have a choice about being men and women? Like, do you think that the average? Remember, half half of the population is lower than one hundred IQ. So I realize that you're a very smart chap, but there are lots. One forty-five, by the way. I I've no doubt. <laughs> um, there are lots and lots of people who actually do need these sort of. Um, I guess we can call them narratives, right? To to guide them in life. And I, I realize that uh, a 145 IQ like yourself probably doesn't need these things, but a lot of people do. And I think it's actually really privileged of you on your part to not consider their perspective. So they need the concept of men and women to be incredibly simplistic or they'll lose their minds? Yes. Uh, so, okay, do you have an example of this happening? Yeah, there are loads of stupid people around. Who do you think? Do you think it's fucking rocket scientists who are murdering trans women? I mean, I think... So what do you think the average IQ of those people murdering trans women are? Do you think it's high? It could be high. Think, There's a, think, serial no, killers, for instance, have very idiots. high IQs. Do you think it's idiots who don't know how to deal with the fact that something for them is, is, is deep and there's something they don't understand, uh, but it's, it feels pre-programmed, probably because in many ways it is, and then they're having this flouted and... I mean, you watch the videos of it. It's horrific. Yeah. Like, the, the, the language used, the... The, the, the people involved, they are not winning any prizes, okay? Yeah. So you, you can sit from your position so, of 145 yeah, but, uh, he, IQ privilege, but these yeah. people need this stuff. Okay? Except this, this stuff is what's driving them to kill. I mean, <laughs> again, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, look, again, That's I not. mentioned at the beginning uh, the two biggest examples of like trans women in our culture when we were growing up. It was like Ace Ventura, where yeah. he, when he feel, figures out he's had sex with a uh, trans woman, he pukes, mm. he rips her clothes off in front of everybody. Mm. Uh, he spends an entire like hilarious scene. And then you've also got like. Well, why do you think that happened? But why do you think that, that, that was the case? That was the case because of internalized homophobia. It's because he had sex with a man, yeah. Well, Again, no, he didn't. He had sex with a trans woman. It's not but the same thing. Okay, he had sex with a male. Then. Yeah, he may, but he didn't actually have problems with it when he was having the sex. It wasn't until after he figured it out that he yeah, suddenly lost his mind. So, you it, know, it's again, rough being deceived, isn't it? Well, it's rough being deceived, but being deceived is not the same thing to that level. Like, uh, again, you, you look at, for instance... Um, how? You're being deceived about the person you're having sex with, and that's what? Not as bad as what? I mean, being deceived about the person that you're having sex everyone's deceived to one extent or another. We can never know 100% sure, yeah, about anybody else. Big lie, yeah. Well, I'm not just saying makeup. I'm saying like there's stuff I don't even know about my wife because she's another person and I can't see inside her head. So, there, well, yeah. you know, how much needs to be revealed beforehand? And th this is really in the weeds. I, I think the sex of the person you're about to have sex with is probably useful. It's I mean, useful. Most Why is it useful? It. Because... Uh, <laughs> Because really, I think um, I think ultimately, it's be it's because ultimately, when people form relationships, they're not just doing it for the sort of immediate hedonistic desire of having sex. That's a pretty shallow uh, thing to attribute to our fellow man. I think they're 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 really thinking about 
you know, potential long, you know, long-term interest, settling down, having a family. And if it turns out that the lovely young woman that you've been romancing actually turns out to have some balls, then that was a lot of time wasted, wasn't it? That's if it was, ta- yeah, if it was time wasted, though, you would see the same thing happen if a woman admits she's infertile. And that's, that's simply yeah. not the fact. God, yeah. And if, if yeah. I married a woman... And we said, right, we're going to have kids. And then she told me, actually, before we got married, I knew I was infertile. I'd be pissed, man. I mean, you could be mad Wouldn't about you that. Be? But Wouldn't again, you, you would have had conversations Wouldn't... about it. Yeah, but no, if she They didn't have a conversation in, in uh, Ace Ventura. He just freaked out. And the thing yeah. is, is, it's like the guy in my, um, in my school who wanted to kill all the gay people. Like, he who? wanted to do that because he was taught that right. gay people are really bad. And he probably had some feelings of his own that he had to deal with. I don't yeah. know. But, yeah, but, but the gay. Well, he, I would say probably a little bi, um, but like the thing is, is that again, sexuality exists on a spectrum. We're all a little sure. gay, you know, it's no. some are less and some are more, um, you know. But I mean, if he's thinking about gay people an awful lot and how much he hates those gays, I mean, you know, it's playing on it's his mind. He's probably, yeah, yeah. But, but, but the point is, is that society has taught him to behave in that way. And these are the traditional gender roles you seem to be defending. Now, uh, this is important as it as yeah. it does back it up, but I think we should really move on to sports well, because that to, is the topic to be, here. Just to be clear, well, yeah, but the mm-hmm. thing is, this does come down to what you think is a woman, right? That's the, the very root of this. But I mean, I don't think that I gender mean, roles, but... I don't think that gender roles necessitate homophobia. I don't think they're the root cause of homophobia. I mean, it seems no, to me I don't think they're the that's root cause, the Abrahamic religions generally, right? I mean, that's part of it. But I mean, you, you even look at the, the Abrahamic religions, you can tell that a lot of it is based on like this weird paranoid need to reproduce. Like uh, there was the, yeah. um, what was it? The, the myth that a man could run out of seed and that's why masturbation is wrong, for instance. Do you know anything about the history of the Middle East? Um, somewhat. What, what, do you, what did you want to bring up? There is definitely a need to breed if you want to exist. Oh, yeah, yeah, because it's a difficult environment and all that stuff. There's even, there's a great it's YouTube not, no, video. No, the environment's very, the, the environment flourishing. It's the brutality of the Middle East. Uh, for the past 3,000 years, the Middle East has just been a carnage zone. It's been the worst <sighs> place on Earth Okay, this is way off topic. And also, you know, before that, they were one of the most flourishing civilizations. Like, we get the Epic of Gilgamesh from them. Uh, Yeah, but look at the Epic of Gilgamesh. brutal. Well, yeah, but everybody loves brutal stories. Look at the freaking Marvel movies. (laughs) The the point is, it was a brutal area. So having children was important. You can see why the Abrahamic religions did it. I'm not saying we need to do it now or anything like that. But it's, it's, you know, you could see it was a population pressure that existed at the time. Sure, but I just, I don't see people suddenly being like, oh, trans women exist. How can I possibly have children? Ah! It, it, it doesn't make sense. Now, well, I didn't say that. That's why it didn't make sense. Well, no, I'm, I'm exaggerating to make a point. But yeah. anyway. The, don't the, make points I didn't make. Well, no, you, the, the point that you made, uh, fair enough, but the point that you made specifically was that we need these, this traditional understanding of gender to understand yeah. how to breed and that doesn't make any sense not to understand how to breed i mean the act the act, the physical act of breeding obviously every animal knows how to do that um it's the, the the problem comes afterwards really in the raising of another human being and making sure that they're a good human being um that that is something that gender roles play a very strong part in and uh i think that they're necessary to make sure that we become healthy happy human beings I mean, if they fit, sure, but if they don't fit, and oftentimes they don't fit, like, okay, so sex and gender. 
sex is essentially what the the doctor pulls out the baby looks at the genitalia and says okay this is a boy this is chromosomal arrangement yeah. Yeah. well it's not no it's not because they're xy women and xx men and there are yeah there's a there's a it's not a perfect process but life yeah. isn't by definition. Well, it's it's actually far less perfect than you'd think and in fact in the article from <laughs> nature no no seriously dude in the article no, from I'm, nature I'm journal that i uh that i that i as many as one in 100 births it's one percent of the population yep. is born with some sort of sexual or chromosomal anomaly yep. and for a lot of the 20th century doctors would just kind of look at it and go i think this is a man and then surgically alter the baby to whatever they thought was best and a lot of the time they were wrong so now you think about that and you think about the surgically altered babies and we don't know how many of them there were but those that we did follow wound up experiencing a lot of difficulty because of the mismatch between their sex and their gender um so you know we know that essentially sex is you just have these characteristics it's not good or it's not bad it's just these characteristics exist we observe them and we're enough to say ah that's a man and that's a woman sure. then there's gender and gender is the therefore you should yeah. and it, it, yeah. to dictate your role in society yeah. this works very broadly yeah. but it does not serve a uh, very significant minority of humans and it gets us into problems. It's essentially a bug in the system that we need to solve. And one of the aspects that we should solve it in is athletics, because again, well, like, okay, let me, let me stop you there then. I, I, I agree that there is um, an imperfect mechanism that is uh, created, but I mean, that. it Thank does, it, it does seem that uh, approximately 99% of the population either identifies male or female. Don't they? Yeah. Uh, but I mean, so one, it, so, the military okay, how, how, is less than one percent, and there's still a very. I, I, I don't. Portion. I don't care about the military. It's not relevant. Uh, the military is optional, um, but people being being male or female isn't optional, right? It, like you are commanded by your gender to be one of these things, unless you are one of the very small number of people, less than one percent of people who have a biological defect, right? Now, I'm I'm sorry I about. I call that a defect. You're 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 speaking you too judgmentally about it. It would be a mutation, but the thing is, we're all. That mutants. sounds worse. Yeah, but again, I'm using scientific language, and you're but right. So it does was I. Yeah, but you, the thing is, is that when I'm when I'm saying it, I'm saying it as this is just a thing that exists. It's not okay. good or bad. It's, well, let's, I'll tell you what. Let's say I'm going to say, say it as difference. moral condemnation. Okay. Yeah. I'm okay, okay to do that. Can I? Can sure. I say that? No, no, that's ridiculous. Don't agree with that. No, it's not. I'm you. There's no point condemning someone for something they didn't have a choice of, right? So I'm not going to condemn someone for having been born with a genetic anomaly that means anomaly, they, they are somehow insects, right? Yeah, I, I'm, I, I'm not trying to be pejorative, right? It's obviously silly to be so. But that doesn't mean that because there is a, a, a fewer than 1% anomaly that we abolish the categories of male or female or detach them and make them somehow transcendental to the biology of a human being because we need those to be attached to the biology of the human being in our heads as in adult human woman, adult human male, or else they actually don't really mean very much at all and they don't fulfill the function that we actually need fulfilled in life. I mean, I don't disagree with you on that, but nobody's saying to abolish male and female. I yeah, mean, no. even, even yeah, no, no, no. I, I, I found the got, idea, yeah. Now you've got, for instance, like it was an, some, it was a, it was an ethics, an mm. ethics um, paper that was done on like the you know, PubMed or something, where mm. they were saying, "Look, we can't figure out any other way but to, um, but to abolish the categories of male, female, and think of something that they said would quote be more fair." Okay. I mean, I'd have Brennan, to, I'd have Brennan, to see Brennan, that. One second. Yes. Forgive me. It was just because your volume is creeping up a little bit again, where I have you bumping into the red. The hell? If there's any way to. Is this better? That's definitely better. 
Okay, good. And if I can, I can turn down the volume a little bit more. I, I have a loud voice. I would I, um, maybe even a little bit more just to be safe. Thanks so much. How's that? Um, okay, so this is really important. So it, with regard to the um, article that I had, um, let me find it. I had that pulled up. So uh, nature journal. So while I look this up, though, um, it's very important to also understand, like, with the, as far as the history of sports and even men competing against women, I think a lot of the time what we've seen is the gender divide is heavily exaggerated. Um, for instance, uh, there was a very famous uh, incident with uh, Jackie Mitchell, I believe was her name. Um, and I, I might be wrong with that. But Jackie Mitchell, she was a 17 year old girl. And she was brought on as kind of a she's a really good pitcher. And she was brought on to a team, um, sort of like a semi-professional team, the Washington Senators. Um, and she was recruited, you know, as sort of a draw for the crowds during the Great Depression. Well, she wound up pitching as a draw against both Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig in a row. And this 17-year-old girl struck them both out. Now, like Babe, it. maybe. He, he gets struck out frequently he's a big swinger but Lou Gehrig that's crazy and a number of women were pushing to be allowed to play baseball mm -hmm. and several professional teams recruited them and then people started complaining and then suddenly they went and barred them so a lot of this doesn't really have to do with protecting women so much as keeping women in their place oftentimes and the protecting women or is advanced uh in kind of a uh, disingenuous way I mean, well, I'm not advancing that it in a distance. I, I, maybe I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know. This isn't my field of expertise, but like, I, I do genuinely find it concerning that uh, if, I mean, if trends continue, then I mean, it, you know, if it's like this now, where trans women are smashing all of these records, uh, and this is, this is the very beginning of this uh, event, right? This is, you know, the, the, the back in the seventies, but really since sort of 2010 and onwards, it seems that it's becoming far more socially acceptable and far more popularized and so i think a lot more trans people are going for it but i mean i think it's entirely possible that the records the the level of the record will get above what it is actually physically possible for a, a biological female to actually achieve and so i mean if, if you want to claim that you would have to prove that in the sport itself and sure, well, I'm, the science in the I sports leagues I, disagree i can't i can't prove something that i'm predicting will happen that's why it's mm -hmm. prediction. Um, but the the initial trend is not good already, right? The, the trans athletes already smashing a bunch of records. In, again, in like, you know, women's sprinting, you know, big popular events that people watch, you know, they, they're, it's totally conceivable that there'll come a day there's nothing but males in the women's sprinting or in the powerlifting especially. Um, and so it's it's one of those things where it's like, I mean, even a raging How misogynist. Many... Hang on, even a raging yeah. misogynist like myself is like, well, okay, maybe the ladies should have something that it requires you to be a biological female to be, since there is a difference between male and female. Yeah, I mean, I, I might agree that maybe that is possibly being um, informed by the fact that when you follow the turf argument, it flatters you and flatters men by saying that men and women are different and men are better, essentially. Science, science does that. Yeah. The science doesn't no, So, and by Team the way, male. this is what I was going to bring up. Um, so this is from the, the Nature editorial. 
Yeah. The idea that science can make definitive conclusions about a person's sex or gender is fundamentally flawed. Mm -hmm. Just as sports organizations such as the International Olympic Committee, which have struggled with this for decades. In the 1960s, concerned that men would compete in women's events, officials tried to classify athletes through genital examinations, an, mm -hmm. an intrusive and humiliating process. DNA tests that check for the presence of a Y chromosome did not prove reliable either. People with XY chromosomes can have female characteristics owing to conditions including an inability to properly respond to testosterone. Mm. Nowadays, the IOC classifies athletes by measuring their testosterone levels, but this too is flawed. Certain medical conditions can raise a woman's testosterone level to the typical male range and tests leave them unable to compete among women. And I actually meant to bring that up earlier. Um, there was a, a very famous runner uh, mm. by the name of, let me find her here. So I get her, her name exactly. Um, uh, yeah, and it was Jackie Miss Mitchell who struck out Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig. Castor Sem Semenya. Yeah, so th this is a woman. Um, she is a cis woman. Uh, she has been reported as being intersex, but she's mm -hmm. a woman overall. Uh, and what she wound up having happen is, is that because she has a condition where she has elevated levels of testosterone, the Olympic Committee said she either needed to um, uh, bring her natural levels of testosterone down uh, to the standard level for female athletes or yeah. compete with the men. Yeah, um, there's just to bolster your point here, there, there is um, uh, Selenia, I think her name is, uh, an, an African uh, lady. Yeah, Semenya, that's what I just said. Semenya, that's what that's I'm talking it. about. Castor oh, Semenya. that's the same person, is it? Sorry, yeah. I thought you said a different name. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm familiar with that. And uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting how these things come about. But uh, if anything, I think that that's more evidence that men shouldn't be competing with women. I mean, I would say it's it's more evidence that the doing the delineation uh, between men and women and basing it on gender is not a good idea. And we should be looking into other ways to do it. It's just it's easier to do it with men and women. I mean, also, you know, you've I, I, got, I for instance, I don't see why. I mean, it seems perfectly cogent that any anyone who is biologically female and identifies as a woman can compete in the women's and anyone who is biologically male and identifies as a man can compete in the men's. Well, for one thing, then where the hell are, are transgendered people supposed to compete? Well, I'd be happy with the transgender league. That's that's not. Uh, there's two big problems with that, uh, and I see the, how oh. you you would think about that. One, there's not enough of them to make up a league. They're right. they're too small of a pop. It'd be like right. you'd occasionally get an opponent, um, right. and, and then two, that further reinforces the idea that these people are not real women or not real men, which then leads to them being abused and, and treated like garbage by the rest of society because humans are, you know, garbage. Um, so here's another issue. Hang, hang on a second, hang on a second. Before we go on from that, um, I, I just want to stress that I don't think they're real women or real men. I think that real women are females and real men are males. Um, okay, but how can you say that? Like, Because the definition of woman is adult human female. Okay, but one, that's not the definition of woman, and, yes, and two, that's not how definitions work. You can't yeah. uh, going <laughs> to the definition is begging the question. So you're saying no. uh, this woman is a woman because the definition of woman is adult human female. Yeah, and, and the these are in the premises. No, I'm not. I'm I'm setting out the necessary and sufficient conditions for me to consider a woman a woman. What do they have to have, and what completes what I'm requesting? And being an adult, being a human, and being a female are those necessary and sufficient conditions. Okay, but again, that is a circular argument, Sargon. No, that's a definition. Yeah, but to argue from a definition is a circular argument. So, well, for instance, let, let's hang do. On, hang on, hang on, no, no, hang on, mm -hmm. no, because no, because you're st what you're stumbling into is a really deep question in philosophy that 
is so far unresolved, right? Mm. Yes, it does seem that the uh, the meaning that we have in language is circular. It does seem that way. It it, it honestly seems that the the it's the, interdependent. It's not the, circular, but yeah, the, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, it's it's called coherence argument, a uh, coherence theory. Uh, but the coherence theories essentially take on the aspect of foundational theories, just because of the nature of your drawing from the belief anyway. But the point is, there's no point saying that definitions are circular, because all language is dependent on the meaning of the words. So, yes, it, but we can't think in any other way. So what's the point? Sure, we can think in other ways. I mean, no, I'm thinking you, in other ways. You honestly can't think without language. I mean, I can't la- think in words. I can't think in words without language. I can think without language. No, you can't. Yeah, you can, because animals don't have language and they think. No, they don't. They intuit. It's okay. That's that. That doesn't make any sense. Like yeah, that's the same. Because they're not rational animals. They, like get get an animal to spell a word. <laughs> like... Well, you, you can actually do that with goats okay. and uh, maybe, probably maybe, maybe there are examples where you, it looks like that, or you've trained them yeah. to do something, whatever. But the, well, the I mean, is, the... man's essential nature is this: the rational animal. And I think that this is what you were trying to come out with the nature of the chair earlier. Was what's the essential property of a chair and i'm not even saying i know yeah there's no such thing as an essential property of a chair like it's well, just an idea what's, what's unique to a chair that's the that's how you identify it i'm not saying i've got the answer yeah but but like unless we're talking about like freaking plato with some abstract realm of magical forms where there is a chair that originates all other chairs and we have no evidence for this whatsoever <laughs> yeah, it's no, just something it's you thought of yeah, yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> you know and similarly like there's no external the idea of a man or a woman is created in our minds essentially and we use it to interact with reality in fact this is actually really well, well hang on hang on because like you, you you make you make a statement like that and i can't just agree because i don't think i do i think that the 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 nature of a man and a woman um i think it is implicit like intrinsically tied to the biological reality of a human male and a human female right because the these have outside pressures pushing on them and they have to deal with those and part like like i hate this like oh this is a social construct okay but we're social creatures we need these yeah. social constructs but i but the, don't disagree but, with on, that hang, but the reason that the social construct of woman is um uh, seen like seen by the you know the social construct of man to be something that the man is supposed to protect is because of the physical nature of females right that's why they're, they're more gracile they have to bear children they aren't they aren't warriors basically right and i mean they've been warriors throughout history but you're you, right and you, usually you know, you know what yeah. i'm saying right? I, I know what you're saying look it, it, the exceptions the, don't make the rule you know yeah so my my point i, I don't disagree with you entirely on that but I, I think it's a very limited way of looking at it because it sure. only it presupposes that reproduction is the reason why we make these decisions and we, we objectively do not make those decisions via reproduction because a woman who is fertile infertile is still a woman you know um, I I, okay let, let's talk about that as well because like you say that but i know women who have not been able to have children i dated one for a while mm-hmm. and uh you know we talked about all this sort of stuff and the the overwhelming issue seems to seems to be that i think you are less of a woman if you can't reproduce i mean if you're a man that's a horrible you, thing to say man hey i don't care man i, okay. I don't give a flying fuck i'm talking about the truth right because if you as a man can't get an erection are you going to tell me you feel as much of a man as when you could get an erection it depends if i've tied my masculinity to my ability to get an an erection or not i I think that fundamentally you can say that you haven't but i think that there's going to be a part of you that does feel like less of a man because you can't 
reproduce and, and even have sex, I think that you absolutely will feel like less of a man. Because I think that the, the essential thing about gender roles is reproduction. Okay, so gender roles are related to reproduction, but they are not objectively tied to reproduction because, again, gender roles are created by people. I mean, again, the and they have, yeah, they they have utility for us, but yeah. again, they don't always fit. So, sure. if I happen, if if a woman cannot have kids and feels like less of a woman as a result of that, that is something that she has to struggle with. But that doesn't mean she's less of a woman. It only means she feels like less of a woman. Again, this, you're, you're, no, no, uh, you're appealing true. to a kind of like uh, feels over but, reels here. Well, a lot of this is about how people feel about themselves, right? So, I mean, uh, you and were, also you, how you, society you, feels you, about them. Sure, but I was about to get to that. Uh, I think that society also uh, does have a different opinion of women who can't bear children. I think that that's the case. I, think I mean, the, some some people in society do. I I would thinking ethically about it. Um, and morally, I don't see examples of women who cannot have children no longer being considered women. Like if, for instance, a woman, say, there's no there's no law that says a, an infertile woman can't use a woman's restroom. No, but we're not talking about that. What we're talking about is our interactions as humans with one another and the way that we feel about ourselves and we feel about other people. And I think that people who are infertile do feel like less of a woman or less of a man because the, the fertility is part of the essence of what it is to be a human. You know, really, evolutionarily, your purpose is to breed. That's what you've been put here for. You know, so that's not it, entirely the case. Of course, it's the case. No, you're because it's not just about individuals on. breeding. Like no, no. with regard, even with uh, a good example, um, even with Darwinism, um, you know, obviously um, species evolve. And what's important is not necessarily that the individual, every individual passes on their yeah, genetics, I'm, but I'm that the species saying, continues. But so, every yeah, I'm not saying that, but every individual still has the same basic needs and drives that is human. And, you know, there, there are going to be a very, very tiny margin of exceptions but again, they are yeah, just... Yeah, but those exceptions evolved. We evolved to have those exceptions. But this, but this they, they evolved from an imperfect process. Well, yeah, because but, everything's imperfect. But you yes, evolved exactly. from an imperfect process, and yes, so did yes, I. Yes, absolutely, right? And so mm -hmm. things that lay outside of the norm, the, d the design, we, we accept that they're there. I mean, I'm not... I don't put people persecuted or anything, but we, we have to understand that this doesn't mean just because there are exceptions that we can now undermine the, the, not the need that the majority have for their gender roles you know i mean like the way the the, the thing is right it, again i i don't i personally don't care uh, my my wife isn't in any danger of thinking she's a man or something so i'm not worried about this but i i am genuinely worried for like young men and young women who are that you know they have massive amounts of emotional problems they're complete loss of meaning and they're not reproducing they're not they're barely even having sex you know so it's it's just like there seems to have been something that's gone off the rails and i do think that a part of it is undermining gender roles because gender roles give you a purpose in life they give you a mission it's a teleology to the gender role you know you grow up you get married you have kids we need to do that we've got to do that as a civilization or we don't carry on as a civilization right i mean i can and say personally as someone who is married and has a kid I explicitly rejected grow up, get married and have kids as a way of drawing meaning. And instead I followed um, Nietzsche's uh, philosophy of aestheticism of living one's life as a work of art. Then later on, I became a Buddhist. You can attach meaning but, but to reproducing. But that's um, because you have an IQ of 145. Now imagine you have an IQ of 90. Imagine, I mean, imagine that you have an IQ of 90. What don't you know? 
And it's not just that we don't know, it's what can't you understand? Your cognitive limit prevents you from understanding anything that we've talked about here, right? And it's not, I'm not saying this to, you know, poor scorn or something, but this is the reality that like something like 40% of the population is going to be like IQ 90 or less. Yes. Like we but, can't uh, just be like, yeah, take away the things and the thing that's the point men and women it's so, they're so intuitive things that they don't need to be intelligent to figure these things out you know and we can't just start taking away these things and then telling them oh you know you can just deal with it you know okay but nobody's taking away women. these things we're more we're just expanding our ideas about them well this comes this comes back to the problem of it i mean i i could i could agree to something that did expand them but i mean what is your definition of woman i've given mine multiple times what's your definition of a woman uh my definition of a woman yeah hmm. i would say um a person who identifies as female and is accepted by society uh or at least a Sorry, decent number a... of society as a female Right. So they identify as a female as in the biological Or I'm sex, sorry, not... identifies as a woman. I right. crossed yeah, it. I'm yeah, yeah, no, dyslexic. no, I just want to clarify. Sorry. Yeah. So, um, so somebody who identifies as a woman and is seen and recognized by a sizable community as a woman. Right. So it requires other people's input. Yeah, I would say so, because gender is not just an individual thing. So No, no I agree. Yeah. So because it's it's what society says you are. And it's actually why I think we do need to... It, I think American Johnson actually said, said this is kind of a cringy way to put it, um, but he, he, he said he considers himself a gender anarchist in the sense that, um, yeah, it's cringy, <laughs> but it's, it, he made a I good think point. He's yeah. I think he's and it, yeah. And, and he made a good point in the sense that it's not so much that he wants to destroy the concepts of men or women. It's that he wa does not want the concepts of men or women to be forced onto people uh, who find them uh, destructive to their happiness and success. And I think that's a, a good way to look at it, where gender, um, it, we use the good parts of gender and we expand the, the parts that become limiting to uh, better understand everyone within our society and to better collaborate, because that's what humans do. Do you think we could do something similar for ugly people? I mean, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. What do you mean? Gender people? is in the eye of the beholder from your definition. Yeah. Yeah. So well, it's, it's both, we, we it's have it both. universally agreed that yeah. this person isn't actually ugly; they're beautiful. It doesn't have to be universally okay. Well, just agreed widely. Yeah, I mean, beauty itself is a subjective thing. Is the point? Sure. Um, but so, so is gender by your definition. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of subje so subjective could, things. Could we not say? I mean, I I would say that ugly people are by far the most oppressed people in society. Um, Depends. Trump is oh, pretty freaking do. ugly. Hideously ugly people, man. They people are bigots, right? It's it's not fair at all. Um, but it's I've noticed that it's part of life that hideously ugly people are never treated as well as everyone else. You know, uh, and, and Jordan, Jordan Peterson. Would you? Yeah, it is totally messed up. I fucking hate it. Right. As, a, as an ugly person, I agree. It's messed up, right? Well, oh, Carl, you're not Jordan, ugly. <laughs> Jordan, Jordan Peterson's right. Would you rather be ugly or would you rather be, rather be a minority? And everyone goes for minority. You know, no one wants to be ugly. Um, they, the question, they, who it, do, do the minorities go for that? Well, sure. Why wouldn't they? If they were given the choice of being what they are or being ugly, they'd probably stay as what they are. Well, but, my, um, my point is, is that there are some there there are specific ugly people who are very successful. I gave Trump and his mutant are. family the example, but also <laughs> um, like uh, Richard the Third, 
who was the freaking king of England. For yeah, a while. yeah, I mean, he was, yeah. yeah. Um, Allegedly, anyway. Yeah. Uh, well, no, no, they found his bones. Oh, did they? Um, I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I haven't seen excavating that. a mini mall, which is hilarious. <laughs> How did I miss that? I normally yeah. follow a lot of history stuff, so I'm surprised. That's uh, a that. Shakespeare nerd. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, but, but the, the thing hmm? is, though, I, 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 I can understand the, the desire that you've got, right? The, the desire to help. And I agree that we should try and help. Like, for example, I don't go around misgendering trans people. And it's not because people tell me to either. It's because I just want to be polite, right? The, mm -hmm. If a person's making a lot of effort and there's clearly something important to them, I'm prepared to be polite. However, when you start saying that trans women are women, and let, I'm not even going to, you know, we won't bring in the unbelievable lunatic activists who are the ones saying it. Um, we'll just, we'll, we'll take it. In, I mean, I said it, so. But yeah, but yeah, you're not one of those. You, 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 no, I'm not. You know the type. I, I know what you're talking about. Okay. Um, it, the the very nature of what you're doing is turning an objective category into a subjective one, which does destroy anything that was attached to the objective nature of that category. But it's not an objective category. It, 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 it's, it, it, it's, it depends it's a, it's a, how you define it. Yeah. Well, like, and, uh, take murder, for instance. Murder is a subjective category. It is a judgment we make about a killing, but it is based on objective criteria. But the yeah. decision to call that objective criteria murder is subjective. Has so, that, <clears throat> yeah. Pardon yeah, me, no, no, that's fair. Going it's, to Q&A okay. maybe in five to ten minutes. Sure. Okay, but, 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 okay we, so hang on. Look, mm -hmm. just a, what, what I'm saying is um, we will all have an, a, a subjective judgment about what we consider to be female, but that the, the Venn diagram of that will be very much overlapped with what appears to, what, what can be provably shown to be biologically female, right? Yeah. So there, there will be, again, fringe uh, examples that don't fit but uh, generally it does fit and it is objective and the, there's no other further confusion if you just pin it to the biology and it does seem that there is a necessary component there to me. So that's, yeah. uh, that's my argument. Okay, well, I mean, that's a good argument. Thank you for making it. Um, okay. what, I, what I'm going to point out um, is a couple of things. So sure. first off, uh, as I did with the example of the 17-year-old girl who outpitched Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig in a row, um, you know, the, a lot of sports being segregated, and it's being segregated by race or being segregated by female, is not based on an actual need to segregate those sports. It's based on social segregation that we then take in to our sports, which is not to say that there shouldn't be divisions. Sorry to, um, sorry to ask, but uh, do you have any examples ready, just out of interest? Examples you, of what? How, how it's not necessarily uh, sex, uh, it's not necessary from a biological point of view, but it is a social segregation. So I, can't, um, I can't think of any sports where the biology doesn't play a huge role. Chess. Uh, um, chess, shooting. Um, uh, okay, mm -hmm. that's not correct. Uh, men, there, there's a reason that men dominate chess and shooting. Again, it's down to the way men... Men aren't dominating shooting. Men are getting mad because women are oh, starting to win medals in shooting. In I'll Olympics. have to look that up. But yeah. uh, Otherwise, there, there are definite reasons as in the coordination and eyesight of men is different to women, and the analytical brain of a man is different to... On average. Um, yeah, on average, yeah. But this yeah. is why, this is why the, you know, chess, for example, there actually probably should be a women's league, or else women are just not going to win chess trophies. Right? I mean, I, I, the nature of the differences. there are, the, so this is also another big misunderstanding about like how this goes, because again, when we're dealing with athletes, you know, we're dealing with heightened, uh, heightened people. So um, sure. my Shihan, 
the, the woman who uh, taught my um, dojo and, and brought me to Black Belt. Uh, she actually did a hundred man kumite uh, to do it for women's right to fight because it was believed that women couldn't fight. For the longest time in Kyokushin, it was only men can fight, women can't train. And then, oh, women can train, but they can only do kata. And then it was, okay, women can do kata and can teach, but they can only teach women, they can't teach men. And gradually she broke down these barriers. She did this 100 minute and a half fights um, against rotating opponents, all of which of similar skill. She got through uh, 60, uh, 61 fights. She won 60 of them. Now, when I did my 15 man Kumite, I forgot who I was after fight 10. Hmm. So the, the fact of the matter is, is that what the human body is capable of. And you'll see this, like go and watch a, a Kyokushin match. Like if you actually watch when we do full knockdown, which is literally bare knuckle, two black belts wailing on each other's torso. And awesome, like, it's, it's really cool <laughs> until, great. yeah, until somebody falls. And yeah. the fact is not just that this happens, but that these people go on to do two, three, four bare knuckle fights in a row in a day. It is one of the most mind blowing things. And when I watched it, I was like, I can't even believe that like I'm seeing this. Now, if you actually go on my YouTube channel, there is a, a video, I'll, I'll link it later on, but there is a video because you talked about someone being taller. And I watched one of the best fights at uh, Dageki, which was a, a international uh, Kyokushin tournament, was a huge Polish dude going up against this tiny, tiny, um, I think he was Japanese because the Japanese were there and they were incredible. The, the black belt that he fought, like he looked like a little kid, like he almost didn't fit in his gi. And at the beginning, you'll even hear me in the commentary go, oh my God, it's going to get, look how much bigger the other opponent is. And the dude kicks his ass, like knocks him out of the ring. And again, that's what sports is about. It's about taking all of these different circumstances from people's life where they're not really on even playing fields and seeing what happens i'm gonna give okay. i'm gonna Jason. give car or uh sargon the last word just because yeah. we mm -hmm. let you start brenton and then we'll go into q a sure so i i don't, don't get me wrong i totally agree with you on the ethos of competitiveness which is i think what you're project, pro projecting there i i i agree that's the heroic aspect to competition right mm -hmm. to, to watch great deeds be done and i i love doing it myself in fact and some of the things you're describing really do sound exciting <laughs> and, i'll send you but, some of the info you know I, I actually would really appreciate it um but the 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 thing is i don't think that, that changes the fact that while we're talking about the exceptions i mean i could easily say well you know i've got videos of like the world's strongest woman just getting out arm wrestled by average guys in a bar you know uh the 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 in aggregate when you t tally everything up women are going to be the big losers of this definitional shift and i actually do think that women probably do deserve to have something that is biologically female only because of the inherent difference as imperfect as it might be and despite the fact there might be other social issues that stem from it that in in their own way do need to be solved i agree uh, but i do think that it does in effect I, I really can see why they think that's taking something away from them. Because like with the um, the Connecticut lawsuit, uh, none of these girls are going to win any awards. They can't. The, the boys, the, the, sorry, the, the male to female transitions that they're playing is, and I saw pictures of them, and man, the, it's not fair. And that's what this all comes down to is a question of fairness. And like I said, I'm not saying these people shouldn't be able to compete in X, Y, or Z. There should be ways for them to compete. That would be nice. 
but there definitely needs to be a carve-out that talks about biological females, and that's what woman means at the moment. And I don't think it's fair to take that definition away from them. We're going to jump uh, in. James, can I, can I respond to that really I quickly? know you've got another round in the chamber, Brenton, oh, but just because... I, I specifically <laughs> prepared for it. I, um, uh, I, I really do think it's a great time to get into Q&A. I totally okay. understand, Brenton, but I, it's... Someone in the Q&A asked me to answer that. <laughs> everybody, you're, I know that each of you are always going to have another round ready, so I, I just have mm -hmm. to kind of push it at one point. So... Want to jump into it? Want to remind you folks, I put both of the links of the speakers in the description box. So that way, if you'd like to hear more, you can click on those links and hear more from each of our guests. And we'll jump right into it. First, Blue Heron says, Universal healthcare saves money. Even Carl agrees. Yes. Gotcha. Thanks for that. Wait, Universal healthcare is awesome. <laughs> we need it. So no, no, hang on, hang on. As someone who has it, it's not it's not without its faults. I, oh, I certainly not, but it's... I definitely prefer it to the alternative, but it's not perfect at all. Yeah. Well, when my son was born, um, they literally tried, they sent him a bill for $76,000 yeah. to try to charge him for his own birth. <laughs> I, I, like I said, I'm not saying the alternative is better, but I really mm -hmm. don't want people who have private health care and are looking and saying, oh, the grass is greener. It is in some ways, but it's also not in other ways. Yeah. So, you know. Gotcha. Thanks for that. And movie theory. <laughs> Brenton, you may you may remember this one. It says, Brenton, did your wife's boyfriend give you permission to debate today? <laughs> I'm sorry. That Ooh. sounds hot. <laughs> You'll read everything, folks. Okay, Raven Zero, thanks for your question. Said, yeah, because having more muscle, oxygen, and bone structure in power output ratio is three versus eight. The three is normal female, and the eight is trans. I think they're just referring to some of those studies that uh, you yeah, heard start on. That's not, yeah, and that, that's simply not correct, and that was cited in my opening. The um, so, And this is really big and very important to understand, uh, is the power ratio. So especially like take, for instance, a contact sport like um, uh, MMA. Uh, and a big thing was made out of um, uh, the, the one uh, trans woman, uh, Fallon Fox, Fallon Fox yeah, yeah, cracking the skull of her opponent. Now that just happens in MMA. It only takes 15 pounds of pressure per square inch to crack a skull, five pounds to crack a nose bone. Ronda Rousey fought a cis woman. Uh, I think it was Holly somebody. And she um, dislocated her jaw. That takes uh, 82 to 120 psi so the, the cracking of the skull that just happens that's it sounds bad but did, didn't didn't ronda rousey about. fight fallon fox at one point I, I don't think she fought fallon fox she did say a bunch of nasty stuff about fallon well, that, fox. i i remember very clearly a quote uh, i can't remember who it was from i assumed it was ronda rousey but i'm not gonna pin it on yeah I, I, I think it was somebody else that who, was whoever it was had fought fallon fox they'd actually beaten fallon but they were they were saying that look the the punches they were receiving were like nothing else they'd ever taken. Right? Yeah, they, well, they, I mean, I if I hit somebody, elevated. I hit like a truck too. Like, yeah, but this this is not like the same level as her peers. This is someone from a level above punching down. Yeah, but then she still won. So yeah, the, 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 the point is, is that when you do the HRT, like you lose muscle, you, must keep you lose the quick. ability to keep to get the oxygen to the muscle, your weight goes up, which means you move into a higher weight class usually. Um, you still got other advantages we, that come. Uh, sure, but so does Michael Phelps. We uh, well, this will give you a chance to respond, Sargon. So UK Marxism DLC failed. Thanks for your question. Said to Sargon, if all humans have experienced breathing, have all humans known oxygen is part of it? Uh, so, say again. If all humans have experienced breathing, 
Correct. Then and have all, all no. humans known oxygen is part of it? No, but they know that air is part of it. Gotcha. The o oxygen is something uh, that has to be learned after the fact. You can't just learn it from the definition of what air is or breathing is. Uh, it's not necessary that you're breathing oxygen. You could breathe something else and then die. Uh, you might be another type of life form that doesn't require oxygen and breathe something other than oxygen, carbon or something, I don't know. Um, the, the fact that it's oxygen is something we learn off the fact, but every human has always known they need air, which is just the word they use for the, 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 the whatever it is they can feel coming in and out of their mouth and their nose when they're breathing in. They know that that's air. They don't, they don't necessarily know the composition of it, though. Gotcha. And Sentinel Apologetics, typical theology guy, apparently he enjoyed listening, says, Kung Pao, enter the fist. That's a lot of nuts. I haven't seen that movie. That must be a movie reference. <laughs> yeah, and um, this this is really funny too because there's a guy in uh, Kung Pao Enter the Fist that they trained um, wrong on purpose as a joke. So like he goes in and he's like, "How did you like my face to your fist technique?" and keeps insisting he won because he's bleeding and loosing. <laughs> and it's kind of like when so, uh, so like the Black Knight from Monty Python. So, yeah, yeah, kind of like that. Yeah, except if the Black Knight, if his entire ability to fight was based on trying to hurt himself. <laughs> Thank you for that. And Rodney Falberg, thanks for your question. I said statement, Breton, no, when you say transgender women aren't stronger than cis women. Heard of Fallon Fox, Ashley Evans, Smith said trans fighter punch was stronger. Okay, we just covered that. And yeah. If you want to respond, you can. Otherwise, and I, th I think this comes from just basic mechanics, like having broader shoulders, narrower waists, uh, longer arms, bigger hands, you know, like stronger sinews, uh, muscles that are probably more likely to be better. You know, there, there are just natural f structural advantages there. There are some advantages if trans people be transition away. before puberty those are completely uh, removed. But if they transition after puberty, you could make an example, like for instance, for powerlifting, there might be a small advantage uh, taken in like the strength of their tendons because they've gone through mm -hmm. puberty. And that's why I think that Dance leagues season. themselves have to make these decisions. Um, yeah. Now, as far as, you know, some fighters are stronger than other fighters. Some fighters are faster than other fighters. Some fighters have a better uh, weight to ratio. It, th this is within what we expect of sports. And even if trans women have advantages in certain areas, again, Michael Phelps has huge advantages. His muscles do not get tired. And I cannot ex express to you how important that is in swimming, his ability to go beyond what people can do normally, just because of the way his body is naturally heal faster. His, his, his legs are shorter. His arms are longer. He still gets to compete. Yeah, sure. But he's he fits the criteria of someone who can compete in that category, which is a biological. Yeah, but only man. because we've based it on gender, which is not necessarily the best way to base it. I think it's the only way. So we're going to have problems in any other ways. But well, sorry, let's, we'll have let's problems in everything, <laughs> including yeah, but, that way. But we, women next. will still get to have their own sports if we have a biological women's category. Women have their own sports now. We they must. won't. They won't if we mm. carry on. They have, they've had it for sixteen years. Why aren't every? Why isn't every? They are. We must. We it's must move on. It's not Harry happening. You're all, you, Tra it's, trans people should be proud of their achievements, man. They, they've, they, they should be. Yeah. We've got a question from Terry J. Says, hi, James. Please ask Sargon to go on to the kill stream. You're a hot commodity, Sargon. They want you on the kill stream. Uh, I'm all, always in demand. Yes. Don't go talk to Nazis. I, I did it. It's not, it's not fun. <laughs> I've... I've, 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 I've 
do you not know that i spent like two years debating them yeah yeah no I, i'm i'm aware I've done i've actually them, watched yeah. some of those to yeah. uh, prepare for my debates with jf and uh striker <laughs> michael dresden uh old friend of yours brenton says you have 145 IQ or 145 <laughs> ounces of soy per day. <laughs> sorry. No, I'm it's sorry. Fine. And 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 no, I I don't do soy. Soy is largely bad for you. Uh, I do, uh, and I've I've got the name of it now because I looked it up afterwards. Uh, I use Vega protein powder, which is uh, pea based, uh, as in green peas, and uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah no, um, good, clarif- good clarification. Good, <laughs> yeah, and like um, it's got uh, pumpkin seeds and all that other stuff. Mix that with cashew milk. You get a better um, uh, amino acid profile than you'd have from whey. You build muscle faster. You're stronger, <laughs> and you don't have to deal with it if you're lactose intolerant like i am so thank no you. soy but vegetable protein <laughs> rodney falberg thanks for your question says drinking aquafina water james changing to icelandic actually this is arrowhead yeah so uh no they're not a sponsor but tom ives thanks for your question says does brenton agree? Love Iceland. <laughs> does mm-hmm. does brenton agree that transition does not negate most physical differences between men and women it doesn't negate physical differences. It does mitigate any possible advantages within um, normal realm for the sport in question, with very well, little I, exception. I, I have to contest that, both um, in the logic of it and the, the fact of it. Uh, if it doesn't negate the differences, but we agree the differences are advantageous, then how is it not also still conferring advantages? Well, the differences aren't always advantageous. For instance, uh, transitioning can increase weight, for instance, and if that bumps you up into a weight class with someone with way more power than you, you're going to get destroyed. Um, Yeah, and then also, like, there's certain sports, for instance, where, uh, like, even within running, like the 100 and 200 meter dash are not correlated with high testosterone with winning them. Whereas like a 5k is not is is not correlated with that either. Higher testosterone uh, competitors don't tend to win 5ks, but they do tend to win like sprinting events. Mm -hmm. So depending upon the individual sport in question, any biological trait can be an advantage or a disadvantage. Um, but just to just say then, so we can, as a corollary, say that what we need to do is ban trans female to male uh, transgenders from competing. Oh no, in the you men's do not want to do that. Right? No, no, no. Because no. here's the thing: they actually tried that with wrestling. There was, and this is a big thing with the freaking turfs, who are fake feminists, by the way. Um, right. So, like the freaking uh, this female to male trans wrestler got very, very famous because uh, he transitioned and wanted to compete not with wrestling, men. Though, specifically, the, the, the advantage for women, I, I found this in my research when I was mm-hmm. preparing for this, is that women tend to be good at long-distance running. Mm-hmm. Long distance. Well, they're lighter. They have a higher pain tolerance, a lower center of gravity. The center of gravity changes when you transition. Sure. Um, yeah. But the, but the point is, then women have a natural advantage over men in long-distance running that is unfair for a female to male transition to take. I don't know if they have an overall advantage over men. Uh, they, they have, there are aspects that have where they have well, advantages over men. Yeah, like when I was on the Appalachian trail, I feel like women have an advantage with through hiking, uh, because sure. they have a lower center of gravity, higher pain tolerance mm-hmm. and the ability that, and this is crazy for women, the ability to regenerate muscle. So at the end of the AT, like guys, we're almost skeletons. It's just muscle and bone. Um, and like women, uh, because they have that like five 
percent fat store constantly, when they run out of calories, they can still continue to create muscle. So walking long long distances is really huge for women. Yeah. Next. So yeah. So there, but there are biological differences that affect these categories. I'm going to give sure, but I mean, the last word. Be the first one to. I'm sorry. I'm, I said I'm going to give Brenton the last word because the challenge from the person was from yeah. uh, for him. Oh, okay. And this was what the hell was the challenge? It was Fallon Fox he was bringing up? No, the last one was does Brenton agree that transition does not negate most physical differences between men and women? Yeah, so I think Sargon can agree with this, and I've heard him make this argument in the economic sphere uh, and in the social sphere, is equality is, is not sameness. So none of us are the same. We're all different. We're all unique. And uh, society is us coming in and taking our unique talents and perspectives and using it in such a way that we bring out ourselves and, and those around us. Nella Dower, thanks for your question, said, it's so weird. No one can ever talk trans issues without talking about what sex with us is like. Stay on topic, boys. I agree, that's leave, weird. Leave the mouthfeel to contrapoint. <laughs> gotcha. Who brought up having sex with trans people? Though? I think you did. I mean, no, you, we were I, talking I around sex. sex. with the opposite sex. Maybe it was yeah. the Ace Ventura. I don't remember. Um, it it might have been. But oh, Shree yeah. did. <laughs> Thanks for your question. Said, Brenton, don't you think you're being intellectually dishonest when you say that the number of trans people aren't going to affect the birth rate? We all know that's not true. The number of trans people... I didn't say... I wasn't even talking about birth rate, so I have no idea what you're talking about. I was saying to Sargon, if I recall, what was going on was I was saying that the elimination or the expanding the definitions of men and women are not going to confuse people, and suddenly they don't know who they're having sex with or breeding with. I think um, they do, and I think that I think that's what accounts for the murder rate for trans people. I mean... There's a lot, I think, that goes into that. And if you look at like some of the interview, the post interviews with someone who's murdered a trans woman post having sex with them, like these are guys that have deep seated issues. They're incredibly yeah. homophobic. And, yeah. you know, I think a lot of them wanted to have sex beforehand, then felt disgusting after because yeah. of what they'd been taught and lost their minds. Must move. It's, it's really horrible and tragic. Must move to the next one. Earl Rain, but, thanks for your question, said, how are we supposed to gather statistics on gender issues like gender pay gap, etc., if we cannot acknowledge a link between the sex and gender? I mean, you can... The, People acknowledge a link between sex and gender, but sex is not gender. It's not well, the same just, thing. Just to be clear, the, 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 the intersectional argument actually isn't that there is a connection between sex and gender. Uh, gender is constructed and somehow transcendent from the human experience. Uh, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know feel why like that's, that's like, uh, what is it? I think it's, is it Judith Butler? She talks about gender essentially being performative. So sure. it's, there is a role in society that people are expected to perform and gender performance is gender. Um, yeah, but so but that's like me saying like the, the color of a car is red and therefore it doesn't matter if it's got an engine in it or not. Right. The, the, the car might well be red and I could paint a car red, but if it's got no engine in it, it's not going anywhere. And that's the same sort of analogy here, because you, you might have someone who looks like a, a complete perfect woman and you didn't know. But if they, are, they aren't capable of breeding, you're not going to settle down and have a family with them, right? So there, there, is, there is an essential biological component to the nature and meaning of gender. And as 
I said Judith Butler is turning into something that is not connected to the biology. It's connected merely to her performance. It's, you know, something separate to a human that a human can just step up into. And that's, I don't yeah, think. Yeah, but the fair. breeding isn't necessarily connected to the biology as well. I mean, the this is kind of like Kant's. Um, yeah, okay. It's like an if then statement. If you we, want breeding, then you should do this. Sentinel yeah. Apologetics, thanks, says, this is an interesting fact, loves history, says, ancient sport was a homosexual form of entertainment before the internet. Barbaric tribes would select an alpha male or a team of alpha males to compete against each other and other tribes for money, fame, and sex. Thank you. Mark Spence, thanks often, to you. Often it was Wait, political can we respond to that? <laughs> if you yeah, like, uh, short and sweet. Political power, status, fame bragging rights in the tavern or wherever they go drinking the symposium or whatever it is you know, there are lots of reasons to do sport yeah there, there's a ton of reasons to do sports and um the olympic village had i known this when i was younger i might have tried harder to get into the olympics like there's a lot of sex going on in the olympic village yeah, um but like you know as far as like yeah i agree with sargon on that there's a lot of reasons to do sports Marks. getting all of these incredibly fit young people together what a shock sports are <laughs> you know like a high school sport Appreciate your question. It says, we have become a people that believe gender is fluid, but we fight for women's rights. Very contradictory. No, it's not contradictory at all. Uh, the fact is, is that gender is not fluid in everyone. Um, and the, the idea is, is that gender is subjective. But those who have a certain gender being unfairly discriminated against absolutely need to have their rights uh, brought to bear. It's the same thing. I mean, race doesn't exist on the genetic level, but obviously race is important socially. So it, what happens is, is that you have stuff like the civil rights movement. Uh, people seem to get confused when they think that objective means means uh, good and right and like subjective means arbitrary and based on a whim it, it, it's not there are plenty okay, so of subjective me, things that are very important like money for instance yes yes but uh, let me let me just uh clarify objective means independently verifiable someone else can verify this uh without your presence being there without your input i mean Next, you can kind of say that. but, but, but the, the thing is like Again, with it, it comes the race issue is the same. Like, if race has no genetic component, how is it that people with Af from Africa have such consistently dark skin? Yeah, you should you should watch my debate with JF actually on this where we get into it. Yeah, the um, so the reason why people from Africa have consistently be dark the last skin. Response. Yeah. yeah. It, so. Are, do you want me to cut this off or do you want yeah, to? Yeah, well, well, it's a different discussion. Yeah, we'll it's a different debate. Next up, Swim Apar, thanks for your question, said, what should the sex and gender criteria be in order to be eligible for women's and men's events? Could we be eligible for both? I don't no see a reason why not to. Yeah, I don't see a reason why not making uh, somebody mm. who's intersex or, or, or trans necessarily be uh eligible for both i would think it would have to do with the rulings of the specific league and the divisions that they create yeah gotcha. but again that, that comes from the idea of a subjective definition of male or female a man or woman uh, i would go for the objective definition so that would prevent them from you it would be either or gotcha and jessica g two-part question thanks so much said men shouldn't be debating this biological women should 
By the way, I mean, technically it's Brenton's fault. He asked. So <laughs> yeah. there's I, uh, no such thing as a biological uh, woman. There uh, well, is a what, well, biological it's not, it's not female. Done yet. I, we'll, I, I, we'll, like, we'll come back to you. But yeah, long story short, folks, we've had we've had trans people on and we will continue to have trans people on. It's just that we're also when people want to debate, we're not going to say, well, you're not the right demographic to debate this. But we will. I'm absolutely happy to have this topic be debated by Two trans individuals, absolutely. But they liberal said men, identity politics is garbage. <laughs> they said men yes. shouldn't be debating this. Biological women should, if they want to compete, complete, uh, compete with trans women. That's one thing. They shouldn't be forced to. And if said women don't want to, they shouldn't be demonized for not wanting to compete with trans women. Most women don't speak out because they get roasted over the coals and called transphobic. So I I think. Um... Brenton's point about the uh, turfs being insufferable is completely underscored by that first line. Uh, why can't two men discuss this? You know, that's this fine for us to discuss this. You can go and discuss it with as many women as you like, anytime you like. But the 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 subsequent part, I actually really do agree with. Um, the the problem with allowing trans women into biologically women's spaces is that the biological women have nowhere else to go, and that and and I like I said, I don't like the turfs because they're insufferable but i do think they have a point there and i do think it's unfair i mean what i would say can you read the last part again because uh, i i had sure. a response but then uh flew out of my head because sargon said stuff <laughs> you bet the last thing they said was most women don't want to speak out because they get roasted over the coals and called transphobic if they don't want to compete with trans women so if you speak out about not wanting to compete with a trans woman, you will rightly get dragged over the coals because that not because you are a woman, but because that is poor sportsmanship. Um, and this is something that's really, really important about sports. And this is it goes back to kind of my point with like high school sports. What we are doing with sports, especially on the uh, amateur level, is we're not only uh, entertaining people and pushing the boundaries with ourselves, but what we are doing is we are teaching ourselves to win and lose gracefully and to compete with honor and to compete in a way that honors you and honors your competitors. If you go into a sport and you look at and you see a trans woman over there and you say, ew, I don't want to compete with that, or, oh, it's, she's a man, clearly she will defeat me. That's a very bad attitude and you need to be corrected by your team and your peers um, in just the same way that if I came in and started complaining that a, another man, male swimmer was taller than me and he would definitely beat me my coach would be furious with me and I would be furious with any what's, swimmer who spoke like that. What's to stop me from just inverting what you've said there and saying, well, anyone who says that trans women should be able to compete with women is disgusting and wrong and needs to be corrected. And the philosophy the, of sports. And, and, and the, uh, <laughs> that's not just an give answer. Sargon the last so, word on this one. But the, the, the institutions and society and uh, the activists on Twitter, uh, what we can just summarize as cancel culture is real and it is brutal and it does scare people into silence. And one of the things that we haven't talked about surrounding this mm -hmm. is this kind of thuggish mob atmosphere that comes from trans activists. Not yourself, of course, but you mm. know what I'm talking about. You know this is real. I'm and aware. Now, there was, a, there was an instant... Yeah, rationality yeah, rules that was really bad and, yeah, and I, I, harm and stuff yeah. and, and, it, and this is a very unhealthy thing and the, the turf is right she should be able to voice her opinion without being harassed I Nella, mean, harassed. Dower, yeah, do have to, I'm so corrected. sorry. Otherwise, I'm going to have mm -hmm. a mob after me. we we got a lot of questions. Nella Dower said, Intuit is to know or understand something because of a feeling that you have rather than because of the facts or what someone has told you. 
Everybody agreed? Fair enough? Yeah, yeah. I agree. Fair. Moyet Morgan says, Sargon, why is a spirit god a man without biology? Sorry? Say again. I'm confused by it, too. They said, what? why is a spirit god a man without biology? I'm, well, I'm guessing I'm an, why I'm our atheist. image of God is God the Father? Is that yeah, I, I'm, I'm an atheist, but uh, it's probably just due to the fact that these ideas were conceived of by men. Yeah. Also, and... he's, the, the Hebrew God, our pop culture vision, is informed by Zeus. That's why he's got robes and the long beard. Next up, Ilya Moon, thanks for your question, said, can't have kids now, still feel very womanly. Yes, thank you. The English <laughs> loyalist. Uh, if you want, I can give you I a pithy, I am, yeah. If you want to give a pithy response, Sargon, and give you a chance to. Um, I'm, I'm glad you do, but when the test comes between you and a fertile 18-year-old, you'll probably feel less womanly then. Next Dude, up, that's not cool. I know, but the thing is, it's true. No, it's not. You yes, don't know anything true. about this woman's... Uh, I absolutely do. She's an adult human female and she can't give birth anymore. Yeah, okay. When, so when, let me say, I'm, I'm, I'm 37 men, and I'm no longer cut like I used to be cut. Yeah, yeah, when yeah. I see a freaking 18-year-old dude who's like really buff, I don't feel like less of a man around him. In fact, I feel but like more of a man usually. Because women start at their most womanly and decline and men start at their least oh, womanly and God. How has your wife not thrown you out of the house? <laughs> God, she she's could... not. Uh, she's honest. She knows that's true. Next, that's the... all women are worried about their husbands running off with a younger model. Mm, not my wife. Next up, the English loyalist says, "We Navajos don't believe in the LGBT. It is not our Based. culture. It is said white men like Brenton tend to make things more difficult than they already are." Oh, yes. I mean, that's idiotic. So first of all, the Native Americans, I don't know about the Navajo tribe in particular, but the Native Americans had two spirits for a long time. And in fact, the like very strict gender roles that were introduced were introduced by the white man, by Christianity, by monotheism. Um, but so, the the, the yeah. point that he's making, though, is that the the proposal you're you're making will make things more complex and more difficult for people who just want to find a wife or a husband and settle down and have family. Because, like I said, not everyone's 145 IQ. Yeah, I mean, if someone has, I this is a problem that a lot of people don't have to deal with, and this is beyond the scope of the uh, discussion that we have, which is specifically should trans women be able to compete in sports with cis women? I don't see how a trans woman competing in sports with a cis woman would suddenly make somebody who happens to be a little dumb have trouble finding a partner. It, it, it doesn't. It, they have nothing to do with each other. They may cause existential dread because he suddenly worries he might not be able to find a partner because what if they're all trans women? But that's also not really the case. Must move on to the next one. Let's see. I think that, if I remember right, that one was directed toward Brenton. So Damien Demento, thanks for your question, said, you should be discussing 2066, not this soy. What is 2066? Does somebody know that? Okay. No idea, sorry. Uh, I, that sounds like it might be a Nazi meme because I know I, they, they have some memes relating to 20 and the moon and stuff. I don't know what the 66 is. Do they? Yeah. Yeah. There's a movie about Nazis on the moon base and then they, oh, okay. oh, yeah, the, the Nazis will put moons on their avatar and shit. It's really stupid. I did yeah. a quick Google and apparently uh, all I'm getting is 2066 uh, motherboard from Amazon and things hmm. like that. So yeah, I don't know what it relates to. We can have a debate on motherboards next time. Eric Wade, <laughs> thanks for your question, said, If a trans woman hits me, I'll hit her back. If Amber Heard hit me with a saucepan, I'd get, um, I'd be pleased. We'll just put it that way. I don't 
think. I don't know who Amber Heard is. She's Johnny Depp's ex, and she's oh. awful. She leveled oh, yeah. fake accusations against him, and everyone turned on him. And then the recordings came out, and you know he's mm-hmm. still, you know, just generally no one wants to talk about it. But he's totally been maligned and and totally hard done by on this. He's unfair, completely. Yeah, that sucks. I would say that's an effect of patriarchy, unfortunately. It's a, it's an effect of women who can get away with it. That's well, I mean. yeah, but they can get away with it because patriarchal gender stereotypes say that they're weak and they can't actually hit men. Like a but lot also of the stuff because that... feminists say that they're oppressed and they can't really ever do anything wrong. And punching up is always just, you know. I God. think there you know. Lots of reasons. If you yeah. get hit by, you have to keep moving. I'm so sorry, yeah, Brenton. Okay. I promise. Don't worry. We have. Uh, let's see. Mark Spence. Says, I can't believe it's only men and women who are getting the coronavirus. Zero, zero reports from the other plus 100 genders. I mean, that's because what's being reported is being reported by hospitals, and they only report male or female. I'm, there, I'm sure plenty of trans people have gotten corona, and corona is probably uniquely dangerous to trans people. I, I would guess. I don't Why know. Why would it be but... uniquely dangerous? Um, well, like, for instance, my wife, uh, she has uh, Crohn's disease. Um, and as a result of that, she's a moderate to high risk of COVID. And, and, you know, she's a young woman in good shape, but she could be killed by it if she gets it. So remind so, me what Crohn's disease is? Um, it, it's a disease of inflammation in the stomach. Right. Yeah. Um, so like she has to take immunosuppressors to bring down the inflammation. Right. Um, so I would figure with uh, transitioning, I, I haven't looked up the data on this, but I would assume that uh people who are in uh, trans communities or have gone through gender reassignment might be more vulnerable to something like that just because of uh, the medication. I don't know that for a fact, though, so I could be completely talking out of my ass. Move to the next one. Ilya Moon, a critic of you tonight, uh, Sargon, says, Sargon, you don't have the depth or knowledge of women to have the power to consider me less a woman because I can't have children. I think that the reason that you're reacting so strongly to that is because sub- subconsciously you know that's true. I think the um, reason you're being a dick to her. <laughs> no, I'm not being a dick to her. I don't know who the hell that is. right? But I think it is a true statement that a man who can't get an erection feels like less of a man. And I think it is also a true statement that a woman who can't conceive feels like less of a woman. I know because I've met women like this. Now, it's just the fact. You know, you're it's kind just... of universalizing a subjective yeah. experience and saying that it's a fact because you, you I, in I'm your mind see it as a every fact. Every single woman or every single man is going to be like this. But generally, I think these are true statements. I, I feel like that's a hasty generalization. And I also say that I, I don't disagree. think there's anything endemic about it. We have a culture that does try to say that, for instance, women who um, can't conceive might be less of a woman. And we do have a culture that makes fun of men who can't get an erection. Um, but this but, comes from the essential nature of being biological creatures. Yeah, or it comes from culture. All, you, yeah, you but know, all cultures are like this. All cultures shame men who can't have children or can't get erections. And women that's, can't that's, that this is not correct. Normal. And in fact, yeah, the, the thing is, is that – no, 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 it's not correct because it's the same thing like with um, – there were certain like schizophrenic people for instance. Um, In previous cultures, like in cultures that were still hunting, oftentimes people suffering from what we call these conditions were given a specific place of honor because they had a perspective that the society didn't see and they were seen as shamans and holy people. 
Um, I have ADD, same, same thing. It's not a uh, debilitating thing. It's a genetic condition because people like me used to be very valuable to society, but then we got regimented into this particular society that we have where we need to sit down and pay attention and work and don't go off and dream and think about other things. And so I'm forced to become a shiftless artist, whereas before I might have been an explorer or a shaman. Sure, but if you go just walk around the street and go up to a man and say, if you couldn't get an erection, would you feel like less of a man? They'd say yes. I'm so sorry to yeah. do this, guys. Dylan G., thanks for your question, said, Sargon, did Brenton using the word kumite bring up any bad memories? I don't know what that means. Kumite. Kumate, kumite. okay. No, what does it mean? Gotcha. And uh, is it like fighting. a martial Okay, it's martial, a martial arts, arts term. Right. No. Next up, Shreeded, thanks for your question. Says, Brenton, what about Fallon Fox? Kind I've of talked about Fallon yeah. Fox yeah. twice yeah. already. Let's keep going. Good enough. Call of the Void said, Sargon on Parlor. Is that true, Sargon? I'm at Sargon on Parlor, yes. Gotcha. Gross. And, <laughs> okay, next. Matthew Steele, thanks for your question. Said, Sargon, would you agree that bigotry should be considered morally reprehensible on all issues? And if not, which issues should be exceptions well i mean i'm really jaded about the judgment of people for opinions these days i'm really tired of it because there are people who say things or that say that they think things but have done no measurable harm and they're getting absolutely crushed whereas people who i can see have done measurable harm claim to believe the right thing and are you know not bigots and they get a pass while I can see them doing harm. So I think that bigotry generally is not nearly as prevalent as the left would have us believe, and it's not nearly as damaging. It's action that I think is most damaging. I think it's the actions that matter. Gotcha. Um, I'll, I'll just say with that, we got a bigot in the White House, and it's been horrible for people since then. I do agree that let, there are fewer bigots around there. But, but every, yeah. every, every everyone is a bigot in some way because bigotry just means intolerance of other people's ideas if you mm -hmm. can't accept that a woman is ad an adult human female then you're a massive bigot to turfs i mean that's not how we use bigotry uh in everyday parlance you bigotry so, usually means someone who means is evil. extremely against like people because of factors that they cannot control yeah. um well no it's it's not it's it's any any kind of prejudice really isn't it that we use it yeah but it, it um, usually prejudice it, factors around things that folks can't control or yeah, are but the, but this, important this parts is, of their identity we but must. this this is this is a real a real complex issue because it effectively um uh, i don't want to go into it it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a long thing to unpack i'm good Kiefer brown thanks for your question said no culture has ever failed to draw the connection between manhood or womanhood and reproductive roles if the connection is arbitrary why would that be it's the connection arbitrary. isn't arbitrary, it's subjective. There's a difference. And yes, cultures have, uh, and in fact, I'm remembering because I th thought about this more throughout, uh, it was because farmers did not understand that like, um, for instance, two cows breeding would produce that specific cow. They, in instead, they were like, oh, I have a bunch of cows, I put them together, and then suddenly I get baby cows. And that's actually how they determined it, because the, the, the written and oral records came, uh, and I think they even went into the discovery of, oh, I can breed this to this and get this. So we know for a fact that there were definitely pre-state cultures that did not have this concept. Um, I, all humans 
have always thought that the gender roles are objective and necessary and connected to reproduction. You would have to prove that. And you can't prove that because we don't have a record going back that far. Then you can't prove what you just stated. Yes, but again, it is reasonable to assume the negative, and I have evidence no, indicating it's, in that. it's totally yeah. reasonable to assume you, you, that you men, never want to assume understood no, that they were men, it, and ancient women understood they were women. It's totally that's assuming a positive, and it, it yeah. leads us into well, I know it but may there's seem nothing wrong with assuming a positive if there's good evidence to assume it. And but there isn't everyone, good evidence to assume. There is. Anyway, every human just because has understands these things. Yeah, I just can't have it on forever. Yeah. Okay. So this question was targeting Brenton. We'll give Brenton the last word, and then move to the next one. Okay, um, you just move to the next one. I don't remember yeah, what the question next was. Up, <laughs> Ilya Moon, thanks for your question, said, Ilya is, Ilya's, uh, what's the phrase from Of Mice and Men? Ilya's not giving anybody breaks today. Says, for the idiots but, in the chat, not that I should have to explain, but I'm a cis woman, and it was me or my ovaries. My parents chose me. Gotcha. Thanks for that. We appreciate your passion, Ilya. And Nella Dower, thanks for your super chat. Says, anyone see the rematch between Fallon Fox and Ashley Evans-Smith when Ashley kicked her butt? No one ever seems to talk about it. Why is that? That's what I was talking about earlier. We don't talk about trans women when they lose. We only talk about them when they win. So this creates uh, in the media a false image that they're dominating and they're simply not. If Fallon Fox was fighting against men and identified as a man, uh, technically speaking, from a skill level, how do you think she'd do? Fallon Fox? Yeah. I mean, she's, you know, has she gone through uh, gender uh, transition? Well, it's, just, it's just looking at the skill level that Fallon Fox displays. If she was a man, would she be a good fighter? I think Fallon Fox is a damn good fighter. Um, I think she's I... shit. I've only watched a few of her fights, but she looks really poor to me. Okay, what, what, why does she look poor to you? What, what G- generally you missing, off? missing, uh, you know, missing hits, missing opportunities, and taking hits that I, uh, I mean, I'm not a professional or anything, and I don't watch this very regularly, but I was just watching, thinking, Christ, you know, I've seen, you know, two like men fighting, and they look a lot more competent than Fallon Fox. I don't, I don't think Fallon Fox is a very good fighter, and I've not I heard mean... anyone saying that she is either. She's not like the best. She's she's fairly decent. She's mainly famous because she's a trans woman as opposed to but like even against other women, she's she's not the best fighter, but she's pretty good. Taking hits actually isn't necessarily anything. Uh, The fact is, is that a lot of people don't understand this. But with regard to MMA and Kyokushin Karate, there is a big part of it is body conditioning where you literally can build your muscles out in such a way that you can absorb damage. It's why if you take... Uh, Hang on Does Fallon Fox have a natural advantage there? With regard to body conditioning? Yeah. No, I think she has a natural disadvantage, actually. Oh, she might have on. a natural advantage on. on hitting, but not body conditioning. I oh, come on. This is a challenge. No, she's, for, the she's challenge gotten higher fat Sargon. level and lo- loss of, um, loss the of muscle mass. For, thicker, the challenge thicker, being for Sargon. Body, Hold on. Uh, I'm going to give Sargon the last Dude, word. bigger body does not going to give Sargon the last word on yeah, this one because okay. it was a challenge to him. Yeah, that, I, I think Fallon Fox has got an obvious natural advantage over biological women because she's born a man. And it's this that puts Fallon Fox even anywhere on the map. Uh, I think that Fallon Fox is fighting in a male comp- competition they knocked out and no one would care about. Next uh, question from Earl Rain says, how are we supposed to determine gender prejudice if they self-identify? Doesn't the issue result from how other people identify them? Yes. It, do, it does with both. So if someone has a self-identification that this is their identity and they know it in their, in their mind and in their heart, it hurts 
when someone else thinks there's something there there's something that they're not mm -hmm. um i've felt that pain my entire life not regard to my gender but just regard to when people try to fit you into a box that you don't fit into so it, it, it can be very abusive that said it depends on like we have personal components and we have social components and social components require the recognition of ourselves by the rest of society and that's one of the reasons why i think we absolutely should do that because it's abuse when we don't Next. Or oftentimes it's abuse. Oh, Damien Demento, thanks for your clarification, said 2066 equals demographic replacement in Britain. Ah, okay. That's what they were referring to. Uh, Next, right. Dylan G. by Keith Rubin says, Morning Kumate, Tonka, Worski, that crowd. Oh, I Tonka, man. No, no, I like Tonka. Tonka's a nice guy. Gotcha. And Call of the Void, thanks for your uh, statement, said, Yes, join Parlor follow sargon and others thanks for that stay and away from parlor it's full of a bunch of neo-nazis that couldn't stay on it, like it, normal it, it is it is not full of neo-nazis it's full of republicans and the krasensteins are on there as well and oh. honestly right so it's no, full honestly, of horrible people <laughs> yes right and there's a part of me that feels kind of bad for the krasensteins because they're in a, it's it's not nazi it's republican and it's yeah. you know it is like the republican echo chamber it's twitter's left-wing echo chamber and you can and the krasensteins get mobbed on every post and i do feel you guys should come over and help them out just to just to help them. I, dude the krasensteins are, are scammers they deserve everything yes, they that they're are. getting next yeah, up I, I turbo appreciate your question statements that i would not seek a serious relationship with a woman i couldn't have a child with breton do sexual prejudice prejudices such as mine make me bigoted no they don't make you bigoted i mean so there was a period early on uh, when I decided to have my son, for instance, with my wife and I, when we decided um, there was a period that she took a test and it was uh, it looked like she might be infertile early on. And I remember getting hit with that just because it's so important for me to be a father. And I'm like, oh, my God, how am I going to deal with this? Is this is this my karma? What's what's going to happen here? And, you know, I would have stayed with my wife and I would have adopted and I would have continued to be a father. Um, but like and luckily, you know, we were able to conceive she actually didn't have any problems. It was just a botched test. Um, but no, that doesn't make you a bigot just because you want to have kids or even you want to have biological kids. Um, that's a natural thing. But, would make you a well, bigot hey, if you thought so, that people who, who couldn't were somehow deficient yeah, but, but there, there, there will be people who will advance the argument that that is a bigoted position on there yeah but there's people who are going to do or say anything they don't they don't have power and i a lot of them not really can a lot of them really do have power i mean at the moment university professors and politicians and corporations are backing some pretty radical left positions you know, so, uh, I, I hear this a lot from your side, and it's just not true, because I've spent a lot of time crazy. on the radical left, and the, the fact is, is like, the radical left it does not have a lot of power, and it can be very loud because uh, social media focuses in on radical voices and amplifies them because they drive engagement, but like, you know, the, the vast majority of people are not leftists. Um, yeah, but they're, they're under a leftist regime. That's the what trump trump is a leftist regime trump doesn't have a choice he doesn't get to control the universities right in my country with hate speech laws that's a left-wing innovation i but mean I your country has hate speech you, 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 you realize what happened to europe because of hate speech right like so, the the second do you, do world you think war the rise of the nazis is because people got to say things 
I mean, the rise of the Nazis is a has a lot going on, but part of it was the institutional um, culture of anti-Semitism. And also part of it was like economics and part of it was the Do fact you that, know that Hitler, when he first went to Munich, uh, was it Munich? Oh, no, uh, not Munich. Um, capital of the Austro-Hungarian. Venice. When he first mm -hmm. went to Venice, he was uh, uh, strongly against the anti-Semitic press. And it was as they were being censored that made him look into them and actually find himself agreeing with them. So here, here's the issue. Um, Hitler, from his own writings, was anti-Semitic from a very, very young no, age. No, he was not. He absolutely no, he, was. No. Also, he was a freaking nut. So <laughs> did he just get mad and run off because I said Hitler was anti-Semitic? It might be something else. Sorry, I don't. I didn't want to have to do this, but I'm literally going to read you the passage where Hitler tells us about his anti-Semitism. Yes, because and Hitler, noted person who told uh, the truth like, frequently. Hitler if we don't has have no to reason talk to about lie him. about his journey into hating the Jews. Sure, okay? he does. No, he doesn't. No, Hitler he doesn't. has every reason to lie. I know yes, both but he has every reason are. to lie about to make himself look good. I know you, both you're of just, you think you're just. He's not interested. He thinks killing Jews. Can we looks not good. read know, Hitler on this? Send me the quote later. I know both of you. Don't say things that you don't know. I know because you don't know that, and I do I, know the case. I, I know have read both this, of you okay? hate Hitler, and I agree yes, with you. I also hate you're Hitler. You're just wrong. But I, it is censorship that made him an anti-Semite. It made I, him look into there, it. There is initially. He, that's exactly what he wrote. Send that to me opinion. later on. We we can have a conversation yeah, off yeah. the thing with there with your sudden yeah. weird urge to defend Hitler. Look, <laughs> I'm not. I'm defending free speech and attacking censorship because censorship was key in the rise of Hitler. That's why. I'll take a look at it, but I, I, I'm going to say I'm incredibly uh, sparrowless about this because I've read a lot about Hitler's youth. Yeah, but you um, need to no more. Let's not He'll talk about it. Let's move All on right. to the next one. Ilya Moon, thanks for your question, said Sargon, 18-year-old female, is still too young to be a woman. If, or she said, I'm a not woman. Not legally in my country. I don't know they what said, country you I'm a woman, complete woman, and feel very much like a woman. Kiss my ass. <laughs> I would love to, but I'm married. But, uh, you know. Next. Maybe one day I'll divorce. But uh, no, 18, 18 is the legal age in this country. Why Why wouldn't I use that? Next up. Don't you think it's a little arbitrary to base it on legality? I've, we've got to, I want to give them the last word. Okay, so of course him. it's arbitrary. Let's see. Puncher says Sargon wouldn't know a real woman if she slapped him in the face. And from the sounds of it, he has... Oh, gosh. Guys, seriously. Am I an incel? Huh? Am I an incel? I hope uh, I'm an incel. <laughs> So you've got a critic out there, I guess. <laughs> my, my, my wife will be so thrilled. Sunflower. <laughs> Sunflower, thank you for your question. Says, if transitioning doesn't, quote, necessarily, unquote, impart an advantage or disadvantage, shouldn't trans people be allowed to go back and forth between gender leagues? So the quote on that is that it does not give an advantage. Um, it, you And they're doing that like, like in the study, they're doing that specifically with relation to uh, norms within uh, cis women's leagues and, and cis men's leagues. So essentially what they're saying is, is that trans women, when they take uh, testosterone, do not have a performance advantage over cis men, or I'm sorry, trans 
trans men do not have an advantage over cis men. They're not doping. They're within the, the normal levels of uh, testosterone. And similarly with trans women, when they block estrogen and, uh, or I'm sorry, when they block um, uh, testosterone and add estrogen, they are within the norm. So you, no, you couldn't jump back and forth between a male and female league because the measures of what is normal uh, is different between the leagues. Or at least that's the Olympics uh, decision on it. Next, appreciate your super sticker from Tur. Or this is from Wolf. We have just a few more, folks. We're going to try to just okay. read through these last ones that we have. We have three more questions, and then we want to let uh, Sargon go to bed. He's over in, in England, so he's got to get to bed yeah. at a decent time. Call of the Void, thanks for your question, said, I advocate parlor for free speech. I'm not Republican at all. I'm by center. Just don't want to be arrested for my thoughts. A freeze peach. Here's the thing, like it's only I, important because and maybe being yeah. suppressed, right? That's why you mock it. If you were on the receiving end, you wouldn't be you wouldn't be so flippant. Here's the thing, and I am coming from America, where we are like free speech is the First Amendment. So uh, and, and yeah, the the other thing though that what I will say is is while I agree with the First Amendment, and I think the way America handles speech is very important. I also think that just because the state can't go out after you and put you in jail for what you say does not mean that you sh that uh, hate speech should not be opposed. Because the fact is is that if someone engages in hate speech, what they are doing is they are limiting the ability of other people to speak. And you saw that when Nazis took over uh, poll board on 4chan. There needs to be a level of, it's a paradox, but there needs to be a level of intolerance. There has to be a referee to make sure that the ability to speak freely is maximized. And that can be done in a number of ways, though I don't think it's a good idea to use the state because the state will abuse that power. But mob, mob justice is no justice at all. I mean, I'm not talking about just, I'm not talking about like just mob justice, but that is what cancel culture is at the moment. It's the tyranny. Yeah, I don't support cancel culture. So that was, I was thinking more Antifa to tell you the truth. By the way, of liberal democracy related, we do have someone just reached out to me. We have several people wanting to debate cancel culture. One of them is like radically against it. One of them is like somewhat for it. So if there are other people, that's a topic we want to explore. So feel, feel free to email me at moderndaydebate at gmail. Next, Macabre Malefica, thanks for your question, said, Watching start now, the actual F, societal prohibition against incest equals knowledge that sex makes babies? People like Brent have no respect for knowledge. I have, I what is that person trying to say? I don't think Brenton said that. Yeah, I'm confused. But Turbo, thanks for your question, said, this is, I think, the last one we have. So they said, so Brenton agrees seeking out a woman who can bear children is not bigoted, but is having sexual prejudice based on a person's skin color or gender bigoted. No. So this is what I'll say, because um, so, Nazis ask this question all the time, um, but I'm going to assume that you're not a Nazi and you're asking it in good faith. Um, so... The, the, no, no, seriously, like JF wanted to ask that question. He was like chomping at the bit in our debate. So the, the, the fact is, is that if you have like a fetish for somebody with a specific skin tone or whatever, I don't have a problem with that. I'm not going to kink shame anyone. Um, you know, choosing who, who you are attracted to is not something that you can completely control. But what I would also say is if you're sitting there and you're like, ooh, I don't want this person because they, they've got a bad skin tone or, ooh, I, I'm not interested in this. I would say examine that and see what you're actually not interested in. 
Um, because like a lot of the time we will limit ourselves and limit our ability to love and be full human beings because we're afraid of not what we think, but what other people might think. And that can be very toxic to everybody. So love who you love. I'm fine with that, you know, um, but just also be introspective and approach things in good faith and, uh, you know, put yourself to the test. Just to, just to help out the person who's asking, is this a, is this a form of bigotry or prejudice? Um, I think really that can only apply when someone is entitled to something from you, uh, entitled to fair treatment or something like that. And no one is entitled for you to be attracted to them. So the question just never actually arises. That's actually a good point. Gotcha. And next up, thank you so much for your question from Sponge. For Brenton, if Dwayne Johnson identified as female and completed, competed any women's powerlifting, would that be fair? I mean, if Dwayne Johnson identified as, well, first of all, he's not a power lifter, so he might not actually do that well. Um, you know, he's a wrestler. Um, pretty but, huge, though. Yeah, but huge doesn't necessarily mean you win. Um, and th that's key. Sure. Like, they, they have Against power lifters have shaped themselves to do specific things. It's the same reason why yeah, you can't true. take a bodybuilder and throw them into a karate match and they'll get their ass kicked despite being huge. Um, but if he went through two years of uh, gender uh, reassign of, of HRT and did gender reassignment surgery and then competed within his weight class, he probably wouldn't dominate. Next, want to say Disagree. huge thanks to our guests. I have linked them in the description, folks. So that way, if you want to hear more, what are you waiting for? You can by clicking those links. Want to say a huge thanks to them, Sargon and Brenton. It's been a true pleasure to have you guys. Thank you. Want to say a blast. I'll send you those videos, uh, Sargon. And if you like, I'll also send you a uh, digital copy of my comic book. You might get a kick out of it. Oh, thank you. I, no, I'd really appreciate that. Because, I mean, those videos do sound really good. I, I like <laughs> watching that kind of stuff as well. Um, you know, cool. very, very, very I, I don't do any martial arts or anything myself, but I, I don't, you know, I'm like, I'm not going to turn my nose up at a good fight. You know? Absolutely. Yeah, you should take it up. Oh, that actually reminded me. Uh, so my Shihan, um, who, who um, runs my dojo in New York, um, we talked about age and taking up uh, stuff like at a specific age. She was actually, I'm 37 now, and I think she was 40 when she started practicing and she's become a world champion. So oh, wow. age does not, it doesn't necessarily end your career or make the career not happen. Mm. Yeah, that's fantastic. Gotcha. And thanks so, so much, everybody. <laughs> Appreciate you all hanging out with us. We are excited for future debates. We're talking to Ryan Dawson and JF about a possible debate. And then tonight, Tom Jump and Ask Yourself will clash. So thanks so much. And keep sifting out the reasonable from the unreasonable, everybody. Take care. Os.
big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big money. 